0: bottom of the screen two receivers up top as well and a shotgun now Truman Curator, I takes the snap for this two-point conversion. he's gonna look to throw he's got room he's rolling out to his left he's gonna try to throw for the end zone and it is is it caught and it's deflected and goes incomplete and with that Liberty their entire bench empties and they're celebrating
1: wow after a disappointing loss the Islanders look to rebound against a hot Sammamish football team Now, Will Kendrick. And Gabe, I want to say my favorite saying, we have ourselves a rumble in the jungle tonight.
0: Drew McCurry to the left of Feige. He's going to take the shotgun snap. Dropping back, looking to pass. Going for the end zone, near the end zone. It's caught by Gilchrist. He's going to try to lean forward. Does he get to the goal line? Yes, he does! Oh, my! Mercer Island is it! God, we've got a QB
1: on our hands for the next two years, don't we? Yes, we do. Beautiful out by Samuel
0: Gilchrist, and Eli could have not thrown it any better. The Islanders are fueled by a high-powered offense, and their quarterback Eli Staney has led the way so far. Look downfield, he's got a jacket over the end zone, it's caught! Touchdown Islanders, oh my M, I. I. They respond big with
1: difference makers all over the field. Expect an outburst of highlight plays in
0: scoring. Bringing the blitz of Liberty now, pass out wide to Cole Drayton. He's gonna it is it Cole Darryl Drayton forward. is in for the two-point conversion. Do you believe
2: it,
1: Islanders? A great play, fake the run to Jack Rowe, and let Cole Drayton, who was player of the game last week. Go to work! With a strong offense and defense, the Islanders are not a force to be reckoned with. I'm
0: going to make a prediction. Safety. All-out blitz for the Islanders. They come in. A pass is out wide. And Scott, your prediction came through. That's a safety for the Islanders. Wow.
1: Two unique play styles. One winner. Mercer Island Islanders.
0: Sammamish Totem. Um, On 88.9 The Bridge. We've patiently waited for 144 hours for this moment, and now it's here. Six days ago was Mercer Island's last game. The Islanders' chance at redemption is tonight. I'm Gabe Goddesman, joined with Scott Pirak, live from the KMIH studios, here to broadcast this exciting matchup between the Mercer Island Islanders and the Sammamish Totems. Last week, like I said, the game came down to the last play. Eli Fahey rolled out to his left, looking for an open receiver, but a sea of white jerseys of the Liberty Defenders shut down the two-point conversion attempt and MI's chances to complete a comeback after they were down 14-6 to with just over a minute left in the game. The Islanders fell in an instant classic by a score of 21-20, to and now the Islanders are 1-1 on the year after beating Newport in their first class by a score of 16-3. to Even with that loss, the Islanders had many impressive performances, including Eli Fahey, the QB, who threw for over 200 yards and three touchdowns, two of which went to Jack Derner, the junior, including that overtime score. Samuel Gilchrist, another junior, also found his way to pay dirt to tie the game, and Cole Drayton's two-point conversion sent the game to OT. The Islanders also forced two interceptions of Liberty quarterback Brody Pesci, one by Cole Drayton off a Garrett Rogan tip and another by Chase Shavey. Now, the foes of MI tonight are a frightening bunch for sure. Last season, the Totems finished 4-5 and five on the year in members of the 2A division, but it was clear they improved throughout. They finished the year winning four straight games, winning their last four games, including a 54 to nothing walloping of Foss in their season finale. Sammamish has continued their hot streak into the pandemic season, beating Interlake 63-6 to in their Premier and handling Foster 43-14 to last week. Can the Islanders end the Totem's hot streak? We will find out tonight. Scott, alongside me, here we go. Back for another round of this 2021 season. As always, we're starting with Scott's scouting report. What are the keys for this matchup?
1: Well, Gabe, I'll tell you the keys to this game is that the game will be controlled by the offensive line. When we interviewed Jack Derner, he said, Sammamish is not the most gifted team, but they are, quote, bullies. So look for the offensive line to make a big difference. The run game has not been great this year, Eli. Or Eli. <laughs> so, Gabe, I think it's going to be a lot on Eli to really get this offense going. He's had a terrific season so far. He's had... Throughout the season, 425 passing yards, four touchdowns, and the main key point: zero interceptions. They're going to have to keep the ball on offense once again, like I've said every game, and they've done it every game. It's those big hitters. We saw it last week with Luke Shavy, who is going to be inactive for this game for the Islanders. We're not even sure if we're going to see him for the rest of the season. We also saw him go deep to Jack Derner and Johnny Sullivan. On the defensive side, this defense is really ran around Ryan Dallas. Derek Osman, Cole Drayton, they're the heart and soul of this defense. They're going to have to stop the run. Sammamish this season is averaging 220 and a half yards per game, Gabe. And they have seven rushing touchdowns this season. They're a run heavy team. They're almost polar opposites from Mercer Island. So expect the 4 3 defense in the Dogs, which are the hybrid linebacker safeties. Mitch had a huge game last week. Expect him to be a key player today.
0: So we talked to Derek Osman this afternoon, the superstar offensive and defensive lineman, like you said, for this team. And he talked about how how happy he was to even have a senior season now in the penultimate game of the year. Do you think the Islanders will have a higher sense of urgency because they're just uh, one game away from their season finale?
1: I mean, yeah, a lot of these players are... Obviously, Derek will be playing in the college, most likely. But, I mean, many of the other players, this is really their last time playing football maybe forever these last two games for these seniors so expect those players to have big games Ryan Dallas is who I'm really looking at on the defensive side I think he's going to be really important stopping the run
0: so we talked also to Jack Derner and Eli Fahey Uh, we talked to them about the end of last game versus Liberty and even though they didn't bring home the win can you talk about the confidence that it gave the team to come back at the end and even force overtime because that team uh, was the same team that lost 20, well, I don't want to say the same team, but uh, the Islanders lost last year 21-0 to to Liberty. Can, can you talk about how you think this team will uh, be going uh, into this game more confident because they ended up pushing Liberty to overtime?
1: Yeah, obviously not the result the Islanders wanted. But keep in mind, Liberty was 50 ranks ahead of, of Mercer Island. They were huge underdogs in this game. In this game, Mercer Island is actually ranked higher, even though Samamish has had a great season. They are a 2A school. That is something to keep in mind. Um, so I am expecting Mercer Island to have a strong output in this game. And I, going back to your question, I do think that kind of last minute drive we saw, and even that really great overtime touchdown, when we talked with Eli Faye in the interview, he said, yeah, the play didn't work, but I was happy with the play. I liked the play call. I, I liked what I saw. We just didn't convert. And that happens. So I think there is a lot of momentum going into this game for Mercer Island.
0: Eli said to us that he thinks he's progressed the most this season on his patience in the pocket. And of course this game, they're going to be looking to attack the corners. That's what Eli was most excited about going to the game. What other parts of Eli's game do you think he will take advantage of against the Sammamish team in particular?
1: I think it's going to have to be the corners. This, after watching some of the film, this linebacking core is very strong for the totems. They're going to be coming after Eli all day, really. Um, Last game, they had two fumble recovery touchdowns, believe it or not, game. Not something we see a lot in high school. Um, so it's really going to be the corners and the safeties. Sammamish plays a three-five-three defense. So he will have time in the pocket, especially with maybe the best offensive line in Kinko. But it's really going to be, can he improvise just a little
0: to get, get those deep hitters? Scott, kickoff is nearly underway Finally, uh, but I want to ask you before this game starts, who is your pick-to-click for tonight, that one player that you think could really make a huge impact this game?
1: You know, I'm going to go with... i Eli's obviously the biggest name, but on the offense, I'm going to go with Truman Curry. I think he has a surprisingly good game. On the defense, Ryan Dallas last game, he had five tackles and one tackle for loss. I'm, get, I'm expecting at least eight tackles this game.
0: On this beautiful Seattle evening, the Sammamish Totems in their all-white jerseys and red helmets kicking off to the all-maroon Islanders. Now the kickoff is going to be received by Samuel Gilkiss. He's going to get across the 30-yard line, and now he's uh, going to take it to the 36. Scott, great, good field position for the Islanders in this opening drive.
1: Yeah, and I think Samuel Gilkiss has really grown into his own. He has two two weeks of touchdowns, scoring the first week and in the second. Um And he's really become a major factor of this offense. I'm expecting this to be a pass heavy game for the Islanders, though.
0: Now, Eli Fahey in the shotgun. He's got Truman Curry, the senior number seven, to his left. Takes the snap. Now it's a handoff down the middle to Curry. He's going to look to go left hand side of uh, his left guard. He's going to get tripped up after uh, about a gain of maybe one or two yards there. So, uh, not uh, second. They're going to make it second down and eight for Mercer Island uh, now. 11 minutes and 30 seconds left so 30 seconds ticked off scott um that first run play obviously uh, could that be a sign for things to come do you think that truman curry is going to be the lead back on the ground again this game
1: i think he has i think he's really taken over that starting role
0: all right fahey once again now behind he's gonna hand it off to the cutting curry and he's going to get a loss of yards that time so scott i want to ask you um, we talked to the players, they said in practice they try to bring a lot of joy and they try to pump each other up. How important do you think it is for this young team to use, I don't want to say inexperience, but a lot of these guys are juniors, use their youth and you know maybe they're more excited and uh, to even get a chance to play uh, as uh, as a young team. How do you think they're going to use that energy to their advantage here?
1: I think they're going to have to. It's an away game, not many fans there. It's really going to come down to which sideline is more involved.
0: Now he's going to look to fire here on this third down and eight. He's going to... Got a lot of time in the pocket, rolling out to his right now, dashing back to the left, shoving a man over in the backfield. Now Faith's going to try to keep on running, but he gets taken down in the backfield for a sack, and that'll bring up fourth down the totems there. Uh, Looked good on that first possession, obviously, Uh, and now the punting unit will come out with Cole Drayton.
1: You know, Gabe, that was one of my keys to the game, is what can he do when scrambling, when we talked with the players, they said, the corners aren't the best, but this D-line and linebacking core is really strong. So for the Islanders to find success in this game, he's going to have to make those highlight plays.
0: Now Cole Drayton, a low spiraling kick there. It bounces out of bounds right around uh, midfield. Uh, Now approaching 10 minutes left to go in this first quarter of action. If you're just joining us here on ADA 9, the bridge, KMIH, Mercer Island. The Sammamish Totems are taking on the Mercer Island Islanders now. After that first possession stop there by the Totems, They'll get it back, and they're 2-0 and on the year. merchandise one-on-one, so this should be a very exciting matchup. Scott, can you talk a little bit about this Sammamish offense and what they like to do?
1: Yeah, Sammamish is a very run-heavy-minded team. Um, last game, their star running back had 21 carries for 175 yards. So I'm expecting this to be a very run-heavy, as they're kind of a bigger team in Kinko.
0: Toa Crawford, the sophomore QB. Now, it's a fumble on the first snap. Crawford's gonna look to roll out to his left there after picking it up, but he gets taken down for a huge loss there. It's a sack for Mercer Island on the opening play,
1: and I believe that was number fifty-one for the Islanders. I might have actually been Ryan Dallas in on the play. Yeah, Cam Johnson
0: and Ryan Dallas. Yeah, number thirty-one, Ryan Dallas, starting off strong with his first sack of the day. So now the Totems are backed up on their own forty-one yard line. Make it second down and twenty-two here for Sammamish. Scott, I want to focus in on this defensive tackle right here, Derek Osman. Uh, he told us that the best advice he ever had gotten was to never underestimate who you're going against as the Totems is so again take a pistol snap. And it's going to be a handoff out wide there to number nine, Zealand Mataji there, the running back, and he's going to get taken down after a gain of a couple. And uh, as I was saying, Derek said that the best advice he ever gotten is to never underestimate who you're going against. And you mentioned that Sammamish is technically a 2A team, but how do you think the Islanders uh, are going into this trying to respect Sammamish? Because they have been really dominant so far, putting up 63 in their first, first matchup.
1: Well, the surprising thing, Gabe, is that Sammamish actually was in 3A for a long time. So this is an old foe for Mercer Island. So they know what they like to run. They know the concepts. It's really going to come down to who can convert the most. And going back to your point, I do think that they respect this Sammamish team and realize that there is a big hill ahead of them.
0: Now? Rolling out right. He's going to try to throw forward and it's going to be on the sideline. Does he make that catch? Nope. They call it incomplete on the third down and 22 uh, for Sammamish. So both teams going three and out on this first drive. Scott looks like, uh, sadly for Sammamish, they might not put up 63 points this time around. It's going to be more of a defensive battle, at least uh, from the early looks of it.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing is Mercer Island this year has really been defensively strong. We saw it against Liberty. They kind of got the... Islanders were in the game because of their defense I think until the fourth quarter when the offense kind of woke up so I think that's going to be a big thing here is when does the Islanders offense
0: wake up per se and really hit those deep ones now the punter for the totems kicking it down to the 20 yard line can be picked up by number 22 that's Chase Shavy filling in for his brother he's gonna get across the 50 yard line and get tackled at around the 41 so a huge return there by Chase Shavy. the safety there uh, a, a really great return to now put them in plus field position.
1: Gabe, I want to ask you, with Luke Shavy out, as you just mentioned, who do you think fills that spot as well, a slot receiver?
0: We talked to Eli about this, and, and we talked to Jack. He They said Samuel Gilchrist fills that role really well. He's a, a deep threat wide receiver for sure. Even Jack himself, he's a speedster. We've seen him get by a couple guys, especially with those two touchdowns he had last week. But, I mean, a guy like Nathan Buchan, two more of a receiving running back, is actually more of the role that... Luke Shavey plays, who's just a spectacular player for this MI team. And it looks like there was a flag on the play there against Mercer Island. So that's going to drop them back to their own 43-yard line and make it first and 10 now. Um, and we've got Eli Fahey trotting back out onto the field.
1: Yeah, I'm, I think they need to go with the play action here. Eli has not thrown an incompletion when doing a play action rollout.
0: All right, here goes Fahey. In the shotgun. Looks like he has Jack Rowe to his left this time. It's going to be fake handoff. And now it's a pass on a play action down the middle to tight end Cole Drayton. And he shoves a couple guys forward. Showing how strong he is. And getting across near the 40-yard line. So now back where that penalty pushed them back. They're all the way back up there at the 41-yard line. These Islanders are going quick. Eli Fahey in the shotgun. This time handing it off to running back Jack Rowe. Oh, excuse me. That's actually going to be... Senior, uh, oh nope, never mind. My eyes did not deceive me. That's uh, number fifteen, Jack Derner there or Jack Rowe there uh, on the carry. And are they gonna call another flag on the play? We'll see here. The Islanders are already going back. Yep, it's gonna be a holding on the offense. So uh, once again, after another penalty, that will drop Mercer Island back even further.
1: Gabe, I like what I saw in that previous play though. A little RPO, and I think that's where Eli's really been the best. He's been really great at that quick decisions. And we saw it there. Makes the right read. Hits Cole for an easy 10-yard slant. And I think that's going to be the key to success for the Islanders with the run game kind of being
0: stalled these past two games. Now Nathan Buchan checking in as a wide receiver this time around. And he's got Fahey at QB with Jack Rowe to the left of him. Like we've seen in this past couple of plays. Tight end, right in the slot. Now Faye's going to look to fire once again. He's going to throw it out wide and it's going to be caught there by an MI player is that number yeah that's number two uh, Nathan Buchan there on the catch so Scott Nathan Buchan originally listed as a running back but Truman Curry and Jack Rowe uh, had most of the carries but Nathan Buchan is such a great athlete and of course the Islanders offense we assume we're going to find um, him uh, a role somewhere on this team and there he goes making a catch on that first uh, first down play so make it Second down and 14 after that penalty from Mercer Island. Now approaching seven minutes left to go here in this first quarter. Eli Fahey. This time going to fake the handoff and look to fling it downfield. He does so way deep downfield. Does he have a man open? It goes over the head of Jack Derner and Scott. I want to bring up something here. Do you think Derner should have had a few more pieces of chicken parmesan and maybe he would have got there because we were talking and we asked, what is his favorite pregame meal? He said, last week my mom made some chicken parm and I got two touchdowns. Maybe that high, he has to make that a weekly thing. Um, you know, because- we
1: suggested that. That We also su- suggested some touchdown celebrations. We'll see. we'll see if those get pulled out on this drive, if the Islanders can make it work. But I do like this Islanders offense so far. It's been efficient, obviously not the outcome yet they
0: want, but I do think we will see that by the end of the first quarter. Here goes Fakey now again looking to pass. Rolling out to his left. Trying to juke a couple defenders. He pushes a guy over. He's still in the backfield, rolling around, looking to his right. Does he finally throw it away? Yes, he does on third down and 14.
1: I will say, I think this is the most pressured we've seen Eli Fahey this whole season. And we're in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, this Sammamish Totems defense is no joke for sure. And it brings up another point that Jack Derner mentioned to us. He said, these like you mentioned in the intro, these Sammamish players are bullies, he said. They aren't necessarily, I mean, you would think in 2A, not necessarily the most amazing route runners. Of course, no one is necessarily in high school, but uh, they will push you off the line, and that's really uh, where they make their money as Cole Drayton now on the punt from his own 45. He's going to kick it. It's a great punt there by Drayton. He's going to be caught fielded by a Sammamish player. The own 15 going get to get a good opening hole now across the 40-yard line, and there's couple of MI defenders there, but not before he gets pushed up at the 50. So we've already seen a couple great returns for both sides here. And Samaritan will take over on their own 48. Battle of field position so far, Scott.
1: A lot better than last week. I'll just say that. It was for the Islanders a lot in their own 20. So at least they're making progress. Got to start somewhere. Um, But I mean, these totems are stout. That's what it really is going to be. It's going to be who can make that one defensive play. That just completely changes the momentum of this game. As It looks like there may have been a block in the back. So it looks like the Sammamish Totems are going to be going back to their own 25
0: around. It's like deja vu all over again. We've seen that like three times now. I mean, a lot of penalties early in this game... And uh, they won't stop (laughs) walking. Keep on walking back. Please walk off the locker room. Do they forfeit the game or the Islanders going to win? No, they're just walking back here. Must have been a block in the back uh, at the start of their return, which would push them way back. Yeah, they are. Whoa, they got the ball now. Inside their own ten. What a change from Mercer Island. So a block in the back at the start of that return. Remember, that's a a spot of the foul penalty, and that pushes them back to their own seven-yard line. You know, we've talked about Cole a lot this year and how great he's been. But how about his punting
1: skills? Yeah. I feel like that's something that's kind of gone gone unnoticed. He's had like four punts inside the 25.
0: Yeah, he's been, he's been impressive for sure. He's a great athlete, of course, as Crawford now takes the pistol snap. He's going to hand it off down the middle, of course, to no one else but Zealand Mataji. And uh, he's going to get stuffed in, in the middle of the linebacking core from Mercer Island.
1: Yeah, and on the tackle is number 50, Will Kendricks, who... Had a strong week last week. He had seven tackles, one tackle for loss. He's one of those difference makers. Both of these teams, really strong, stout linebacking core.
0: All right, now, second and seven after those three yards there gained by Mataji, the running back. He's a senior, 5'10, 190. Toa Crawford listed. As zero pounds, I uh, assume that's incorrect there on the <laughs> stat sheet as he takes the snap and hands it off down the middle. And it's another great play there by that defensive front for Mercer Island and not much going for the Sammamish Totem's offense so far. We'll bring up a third down and six.
1: This Islanders defense looks really good, Gabe.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. Like you mentioned, they won 16-3 to in their first matchup and it, it took really overtime to even get... Liberty over the 20-point mark. So, Eli said in the fourth quarter that they really relied on their defense to even get back in that game. So, great a great play there by this Islanders defense to make it third down and six now with five minutes approaching in this first quarter of play. Crawford sends a wide receiver in motion, takes the snap, looks to throw. This time he does throws out wide. He's got a man down the middle across the 20-yard line now, across the 30, and he gets taken down finally at the 35. Of Sammamish, so on third down and six, poised in the pocket is Crawford, and he finds his receiver open.
1: Gabe, Sammamish has thrown the ball now ten times this year. That was their tenth throw. Before that, they had nine throws for two hundred and thirty-two yards. You can do the math on that. That's a great average. They like the deep shot. They utilize it at the perfect time, and they're they like Mercer and they love the big hitters. And I'll tell you, they got buckets with it.
0: Yeah, as now Crawford. He's got Liano Leifu and Leonardo Iu there uh, out wide for the Totems. And now they're going to call a penalty against Mercer Island there. Scott, one thing I'm noticing here is Jack Derner actually lining up as a corner for the Islanders. He didn't tell us about in our interview, but there he is uh, out there and really... Another great athlete on this Mercer Island secondary. We've seen Shea Shavy, how good he is, Nick Chitalis, Garrett Rogan, all very solid players for this Mercer Island squad as Crawford takes the snap. Now it's a handoff outside to the right. Darting is number nine Mataji, and he's gonna get across near midfield there on a first and ten from their own uh, from around their own forty yard line. So that was a looks like enough for a first down for the for the totems.
1: And Gabe, will, can- will Kendrick got shot out of a cannon there That's and favorite. got right right in on the tackle. An amazing play by Will Kendrick going from right to left and bringing the
0: player down with force. Crawford. Oh, guess what? No one would have thought another penalty will push the totems back even further. So we've got a, uh, a fun game ahead, as you can tell. Is there tell. an over-under on penalties? That is my question for you, Gabe. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You might... like. Might I gotta said, make one. Might, might gotta use scientific notation again, like like we had to last week. <laughs> All right.
1: One of the stranger calls you have
0: made. That is for sure. All right. Well, now we have uh, Crawford once again, the sophomore quarterback here in the pistol formation. Mitaji behind him. He's gonna take the snap. Look to throw this time. He's gonna roll it to his left, but there's defenders there ready to chase him down, and he gets sacked. Crawford goes down, and a couple players on the stop there. That was uh, included. Number one, Cole Drayton. There, uh, number fifty-one, Will Ken. Or excuse 31. me, thirty-one, fifty-one, Cam Johnson, and, and number, number th- thirty-one, Ryan Dallas. So three of the big names for this Mercer Island defense there on the stop, and now we've got um, a couple guys checking in for the Islanders, including Sean Ronaldson, um, and it looks like I believe yeah Derek Osmond was out for that play. So you would think if the Islanders can generate a sack even without their star player on the field. That's got to be a good sign for them going forward in this matchup.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they brought the house on that one. But I think that's what you have to do against this team
0: that's really dominant up front. Crawford bends down, takes the snap. Now it's a screen pass out wide and the pass is dropped there. Flag is thrown now There's a fumble. Are they going to call it a catch and fumble? No, they're gonna call it incomplete. So the ball was dropped. I was gonna say it looks like a drop, but the the whistle was not blown. But finally, they uh, decide that the pass will be incomplete, and now it brings up a second down, um, an 18 for the Totems. Now with three minutes and 12 seconds left to go in this first quarter. Oh, another penalty. Gabe, I'm taking the over. Uh, give me a number, I'll take the over because uh, there have been. Plenty of penalties so far, so push Sammamish even further back here. Still zero zero so far this game. If you're just joining us here on eighty eight nine, the bridge between the Sammamish totems of two A and the Mercer Island Islanders of three A. It'll be a third down and eighteen. For- I think
1: I think you got I mean, I think you go for it. I think okay. you take the so deep shot here.
0: Mercer Island declined that penalty to make it a third down, forcing the totem's hand to, to throw this ball, and that's what Crawford will do. Looking back, throwing a cannon downfield, and it's gonna be intercepted by Mercer Island there on the deep shot. Who is that turning around? Number 11, uh, yeah, Garrett number Rogan. Number 11, Garrett Rogan. We've seen what he can do before. He had a tip last game that went right into Coldrain's hands against Liberty, and this time he says, Let me have one myself. So Garrett Rogan there brings up, um you know, Scott, obviously a great interception, but truly a change of field position there. And that's why Samamish really likes to throw it deep because obviously it's almost like a punch. Yeah. an interception puts them back at their own 40. I will tell you,
1: Garrett Rogan has been holding his own. Absolutely. Against at any corner, put him against anyone. Stopped in Freddie K. Weisbrow last week. Really Freddie Weisbrow had a one good play. Garrett Rogan already put in on a human highlight reel this week.
0: Now Fahey handing off down the middle to the rampaging row, but he's going to get stopped. That's what I like to call him nowadays. But, um, no gain there on the play so it's going to bring up second down. Uh, oh, the call gain it too from our angle here. Um on the uh, on the broadcast it looked like it might have been maybe just a, a loss if anything, but Rogue gets a gain of 1 there so bring up second down and 9, 2 minutes and 40 seconds now left to go in this first quarter. Fehi, he's got Durner at the bottom of the screen number 2 Nathan Buchan, Scott really taking on that Luke Shavey role early in this game. He taking the snap. It's a low snap. Now he rolls out to his right. He's going to wind up, take a deep shot down the middle, but it's tipped at the line of scrimmage there. Looks like that was number, I want to say 42 for Sammamish Elijah Lim, who um, uh, I'm going to guess it's not Elijah uh, Lim because he's a, a strong safety. I don't think he would have made that play there, but couldn't quite see the number. Uh, and it was a great play there by the Totems.
1: Yeah, and Gabe, I will tell you, here's your craziest time of the day. For three games, that was Eli's first incompletion when wow. doing a play action rolling out.
0: So That's pretty impressive. Scott, thank you for the help. Zion Ayu, there, the 5'10", 245-pound defensive tackle slash running back. That sounds about right. If I'm the Islanders, I don't want him lining up at running back for sure. It's now Fahey, once again, pressure. He's going to roll out right, wisely throw it away. Oh, and looks like there was a little bit extra there. Oh, <laughs> caught on the sideline. Excuse me. Jack Derner was covered by the Mercer Island bench there we got a low angle here and it looked like he was just throwing it away but Jack durner there emerges out of the crowd holding the ball and it's gonna be a first down oh no they're gonna call it a th- they're gonna call it a uh,
1: fourth and one yeah
0: fourth down and very short so it looked like it was a first down initially but now a fourth down in inches
1: I will tell you Gabe Eli is slicing and dicing this oh.
0: totem. D line, yeah, he is slicing and dicing through the defense for sure early in this game, and now on a fourth and one, here come the Islanders. Fahey checking in. Where do you huddle. think? I
1: think they go Truman Curry
0: here. I think that's a now. We've got Curry there. He is lined up to the left of Fahey. Cold Drayton now Trust running back for the, a yard. Cole Drayton acting as the fullback is now the handoff is to Curry. He's gonna cut out to the right side, but there's gonna be guys there to take him down behind the line of scrimmage. First there, number three, Leona Lifu, the six-one uh, sophomore, to make the stop for Sammamish So on a fourth down, the Totems will take over here now. Approaching two minutes left to go in this first quarter.
1: Gabe, I want to ask you, do you think Merce Ryland should try and create a run game, or is this the part where you say, abort it and focus well, on the air raid? They've got a lot of talented backs, of course. but They do, but right they have now, not found success for a reason. I don't think anyone knows why.
0: I think the Sammamish defense has been um, really great thus far. They've gotten guns a lot of D-lines, for sure. But I think you got to keep it going. Maybe line up a little bit under center because, of course, especially in high school, it's hard to start out of the shotgun so much. We've seen success when we when they put in Mason Chorak at fullback, and now a Crawford pass is out wide there uh, to Lifu, and he's going to get stopped on a screen pass. A couple defenders there after just a gain of about, let's say, one yard there. And now the play was made, Scott, by one of your favorites, Ryan Dallas, of course. Uh, Pick to click. Yep, there he is once again, and now that'll bring up second down and um, 12, so a loss of two yards for the Totems there. Now one minute and 36 seconds left to go in this first quarter of play, still nodded at zero.
1: I'll tell you, Ryan Dallas has great player
0: recognition. Crawford taking the snap, handing it off down the middle to Mataji and met a wall of maroon there, ready for the stop, so with that, bring up a third down and About 12.
1: This, I mean, I've said it already, Gabe, but I don't think anyone can get through the Islanders' defense with how they're playing today. I don't even think Liberty last week could have got through this because this, I mean, they're perfectly executing their game plan. They have what my one of my favorite defenses, a 3-4, and it allows really the linebackers on the corner to get the edges and contain
0: them. I think that's a huge thing in this. When, when you say your favorite defense is, do you mean Madden? Of course. <laughs> That's the only football There's we a reason play we're broadcasting and not playing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would say I'm pretty close. Tilla Crawford's mentioned uh, at zero pounds. I wouldn't say uh, in terms of muscle. I don't know if we're too far off <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it's going to be a penalty on some damage there. Push them further back uh, on a third down. So bring up third down and 15. They're down at 16, actually. They're going to officially call it. So that run play on the play before by Mitaji was a gain of one.
1: I think there's a chance for another pick here. I think this is just going to be a deep
0: shot. All right. Well, there's our first Tony Romo Jr. prediction of the game as Crawford, the sophomore QB, trying to lead his so offense. So with my current
1: luck, this very well could end up just being a draw, but I'm sticking with my prediction we'll see of on, a deep shot. On their own 45. I'm sticking with my deep
0: shot of a deep shot. This could be a two-play third down for Samamish has Crawford now rolling out the balls in his left hand, but he's going to get sacked, taken down for a huge loss there. Cole Drayton, number one, number 51, Cam Johnson, the first to respond to that play-action throw, and now it's going to be a fourth down and a mile for this totem offense, and they're going to punt it away to the Islanders.
1: Gabe, I'd like to think my prediction was about to be correct, but Cole was hunted for some blood there and ran him down. A great play by Cole Drayton.
0: Yeah, he has been a star uh, for this team thus far, and Scott, uh, you just got to smile sometimes realizing that we watch Fahey, we watch Derner, Gilchrist, we watch so many of these guys on offense, and then you see on the other side, Rogan, Chitalis, Shavy, Drayton, of course playing both sides, um, so many guys that I can mention as well that are juniors this year, so we're going to see them hopefully play a full season next year, uh, and that will be a lot of fun, of course, these guys just getting more and more experience, but that doesn't mean it's going to be picture-perfect because we've got a lot of stars, of course, that are seniors leaving this team. So hopefully these last two games they can enjoy a couple of wins as we wind down to the end of the first quarter. Scott, to this first quarter of play, still knotted at zero. What do you think um, the Islanders can do to maybe bump up their offense a little bit?
1: I think it's, it's going to have to come through the air. The— Islanders' run game has been really just stopped. They've had three carries for two yards. Eli Fahey through the first quarter, three of six for 23 yards. And he's had had two straight 200 passing yard games. He's really been the heart and soul of this offense. I think they're going to have to rely on him and obviously this defense, who is now, I think they've given him negative yards at this point.
0: All right, so now as the players switch sides... And the Sammamish Jones will be punting to the, uh, I guess now we can call it the south side of the stadium here. We're back at home. We don't exactly know uh, which side is which. But this totem team and their all-white jerseys, red helmets, punting it away to the Maroon Islanders. Now the punt is going to be nearly blocked there by Mercer But it's going to be a low skidding kick received there by number 22 Shavy filling in on the return and now Eli Fahey taking it back on his own 40-yard line trying to initiate the first score of this ball game
1: I I want to get your prediction here I I guess I'm half right so far because Cole got that sack what do you expect in this drive
0: I think we're going to see a lot more on the ground with Zeeland Mataji who's been really the the guy for, um, or excuse me, not Zeland Mataji. I, I'm going to say I'm on the ground with Truman Curry. I was, had the Sammamish roster pulled up, but I think, Scott, you said throwing it through the air. I think I think they got to try to get something on the ground here with Curry. As now Fahey is in the shotgun, and handoff is going to go to Curry, who's carrying it to the left-hand side, gets past one defender, but then taken down. Uh, he tries to fight to get a few yards there. We'll see what the official mark is, and it's going to make it second down and eight. So two-yard gain for Curry on first down.
1: You know, the one thing I will say about Truman Curry is he earns all his yards. He doesn't get given any yards, and we saw it there. Deflects right off one of the Sammamish defenders, then immediately gets brought down by the rest of the pack.
0: Fahey, once again, his sidekick is Curry. He's got three receivers out wide, excuse me, four receivers out wide, including Johnny Sullivan on his lonesome at the bottom of the screen. Now a throw by Fahey. is going to go down the middle. It's going to fall incomplete. It was a flame from Fahey, but doesn't go anywhere there because it was shot down by a linebacker. It looked like he was trying to zip it inside, but it'll make it third down and eight.
1: And I, and I think these are really the plays of the game that matter most. He's kind of third down, they've not been great on third down this year. They started off the season on going four of ten on third down. Last week, four of nine. You see the consistency there with the four. They need to pick up more than four yards here on third and eight
0: to continue their drive. Still early in the second quarter, third down and eight for Faye. He's going to drop back, look to throw deep downfield. He is. He's going to hurl it way downfield, and it falls incomplete there. Looks like it might have been intended for Jack Derner, who was pleading maybe for a pass interference call. He's not going to get one, so fourth down for Mercer Island. Another punt here now, 10 minutes and 57 seconds left to go in the second quarter.
1: I will say this totem defense is rushing relentless, Gabe. They have been all over Eli, in his face, getting their hands up. We've already seen two passes batted down. The Islanders are going to have to find some sort of solution. Otherwise, this is going to be a game that could very well be in 0-0 heading into halftime.
0: Cole Drayton now a high punt, lofting down to the 30-yard line. It's going to roll out of bounds right around there, so... That's where Crawford and Mataji and Leafu, these this Sammamish Totems offense who is not used to being shut down like this. That is for sure. They've scored forty three and sixty three in their two matchups. But this Islanders defense is no joke.
1: That's was, that was a nice little moon kick we saw there from yeah, Cole Drayton. He's got a lot of a lot of tricks in his bag for sure. I will tell you, and I well, I think what makes this defense so great is this it's really like even though there's 11 players out there, it's really like there's one heartbeat within this defense. I they, think it's the perfect way to say it. They they move together, they cheer each other on, and I think that's really what makes this defense so strong.
0: Now Crawford's got Mataji in the backfield. It's going to be a handoff to him, but he is met immediately. By a truck, Derek Osman. Osman says, hello, how are you? Meet my multiple D1 offers. That's what he <laughs> says. You You hand me... 200 yards last game I'll give you some uh, some star potential for sure even at the next level that's Derek Osmond there for you a pleasure to talk to as well we talked to him earlier uh, earlier today and so well spoken uh, we would think that that might be because he's been uh, used to talking with people for sure maybe some some coaches at the next level and now Crawford once again in the pistol formation familiar spot for him so far early in this game as we near 10 minutes left to go in this first half of play second down and 14.
1: And we, and when we interviewed Derek Gabe, he really said, he he realizes this might be a lot his last year playing defense, and he said he really wanted to improve on it. I think we've seen that this year. He's really taken a major growth spur on the defensive side, having now at least one tackle for loss every game this year.
0: Crawford now, he's got a fullback to his left, it's going to be a toss play out to Mataji, and he's going to get across to the left side, going out, crossing along the sideline, and Luke Chase, excuse me, Chase Shavey's there to make the play, but Mitaji laid the hammer down for sure on Shavey. But at the end of the day, a tackle is a tackle, so you can see number two you know Nathan what that, there. You know team. what that just
1: reminded me of? What's when that? DK Metcalf trucked that one guy, but he got tackled. James Bradbury. That, that's kind of what I just yeah, envisioned a Tackles A head. tackle is a tackle. A tackle is, is a tackle. tackle.
0: Third down and seven now for the Sammamish Totems. And Scott, uh, we'll see. I mean, this... So I expected a high-scoring game for sure because the, the Totems and the Islanders both know how to score, but nothing so And they so both far. are in
1: the top five in scoring in their respective Kinko divisions.
0: Crawford trying to change the 0-0 scoreboard now on third down seven. It's going to be a handoff to the left-hand side. Does he cut through the middle? Mataji there. It's going to be close to whether he got enough for the first down. Uh, we'll see waiting patiently nine minutes and 40 seconds left to go it's gonna
1: uh, be real close Gabe. i think it's gonna be right around fourth and one, mate. Fourth and two around okay. there
0: fourth and two or three so a good spot for mercer island there we couldn't exactly see them the exact marker but it was the line to gain was around the fourth and two is the final call around the 41 yard line uh, as the totems will will keep the ball here uh, Themselves with their offense and Crawford. Oh, excuse me Couldn't see the couldn't see the punter back there. I thought they would maybe go for on fourth and two, but It looks like they may be bringing out the punting unit here So maybe a lucky break Scott. I'll I'll get your thoughts on this and a flag is thrown. We'll see this is against Let's see what the referee says here against Sammamish, so bring them further back make it fourth um, And either seven or twelve depending on the call. So it's gonna be fourth and seven here as this second quarter rolls on. Scott, did you expect them maybe to go for it there on that fourth down and two? I felt like that might have been the good option for Samamish, especially with how strong of a run game they have.
1: I think that's one. I think that's really kind of the coach's mindset. That's one. I would have personally not gone for it. You're inside your own 40-yard line. Yes, your defense has been great. But, I mean, 10-yard great? No. So I think you got to take that chance and just...
0: Launch it away. The snap spirals back to the punter, and now Chase Shavy looks at the ball as it rolls across the 30-yard line of MI, but decides not to pick it up, and uh, it's going to be at the 29. So 8 minutes and 47 seconds left to go in this half of play. Scott, I predicted um, some more run plays from Curry, and we, we got a, a couple runs there, but now as this second half... Uh, or excuse me, this second quarter kind of, we're we're getting near halftime now. We've already completed the entire first quarter, eight minutes left to go in the second quarter of play. Do you think there's got to be a better sense of urgency for Mercer Allen to try to take some more shots downfield? Because like you said, those big hitters are really where they, they make their money on the offensive side.
1: I would like to see Johnny Sullivan get involved in this drive. I think he, whenever he's on the field, it's kind of a clear signal that they're going to take a deep shot. He's not currently in, but he's kind of that. I mean, last week we saw the equivalent of high school Megatron in that Freddie Wise prod. And I think that is Johnny Sullivan is Merceron's Megatron. He's willing to go up for those deep balls. We've seen him have, I believe, already two 30-plus-yard catches this year.
0: All right, so Jack Derner checks off as Johnny Sullivan and Samuel Gilchrist.
1: Well, in that case, I'm making my prediction already. We're seeing a deep shot. All right, so it looks like
0: another penalty these referees decided... You know what? It's a Friday night. Let's let's make it a little bit exciting for us too. They're moving the ball all the way. All right. So uh, well, let's guess here, Scott, because we're back in in the KMIH Studios here on Mercer Island. We've we're watching this on. A... I mean, they just walked
1: 40 yards.
0: Well, they walked 40 yards. I assume they're re- yeah they're gonna re-kick it. So uh, it was a very good kick by Samamesh there, but
1: that was a very late flag for.
0: Yeah, the the referees probably had some discussions and maybe talked to the Mercer Island coach Ed Sledginger and they and they decided that. They want to accept the penalty, make it 4th down and 12. It must have been against the kicking team, and they're going to have a re-kick from about the 39-yard line. Do you think that was the right decision? To uh, They had the ball on their own 29, do you think?
1: I, I do. I mean, I think there's two main reasons why. First off is that, I mean, they're in their own 29. They've been getting about 15 to 20 yards on average per drive so far. But the main reason why for me, Gabe, is keep in mind these are high school punters. They're not going to be perfect like we see in the NFL. We saw it last week. Cole had a near-perfect week, but Botch just won. And so I think this is the coaches realize there's always a chance for a Botch punt in high school especially. Yeah. And here's my second prediction. I think there's it's a Botch or a huge return here. I'm feeling for some reason really good about this play.
0: Alright, well, I hope you're correct, Scott, as it's 4th down and 12, like I mentioned, on their own 39, Sammamish, once again, putting it away, one of their gunners there, I believe, or excuse me, one of the, the players protecting is number 3, Leona Lifu, so that's a uh, a daunting front there for, for Sammamish, another great kick now, once again, fielded by... Shavian Scott, well, it was a gain of three yards there. So um, maybe we get four more minutes of, uh, we got four minutes of looking at a a grass field. um, And we also got three yards from Russell Allen there. So I think it was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) You know,
1: hey, every, every, what we've learned over the years, every yard matters in football. I think, absolutely. I think that's something that goes underappreciated. Because for all we know, I mean, we saw it last week. They, Got stalled at the one going into halftime.
0: Yeah, a couple of plays. Oh, of course, at halftime, Rashad Allen got stopped at the two yard line and on that two point conversion, they also got stopped. So, uh, obviously, every yard counts as faking now. Faking the handoff, rolling out left here on this play action. A tough throw to the sideline. Is it caught? It is caught there by. Senior Johnny Sullivan there, so uh, on first down it, it looks like it is going to be enough for another first down. Gave my prediction
1: before the punt when we thought they were going to be on offense was that Johnny Sullivan was going to have a big play. So I don't know if that counts, but that was their first offensive play. I do like them utilizing Johnny Sullivan though. I think he's one of those quiet playmakers.
0: All right, so now a timeout for some mamish. Uh, with that, we're going to take a timeout, but do not go anywhere. We're waiting to see the, the first points of this Sammamish versus Mercer Island game. Two high-powered offenses, so don't go anywhere.
3: Thank you for listening to KMIH 88 the bridge. At this moment, I'd like to remind all our listeners to always wear a seatbelt. Whether you're the passenger, the driver, whatever vehicle you're in, safety is the number one priority. Thank you.
1: Are you ready?
0: This is Islander Football. Hello and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Alongside Scott Pirac, I'm Gabe Gottesman here broadcasting this matchup between the Mercer Island Islanders and the Sammamish Totems. As we see a first down and 10 from the Islanders own 36-yard line. It's a handoff down the middle there. For Mercer Allen. it's a good gain there. Uh, up uh, near the 49-yard line there, Jack Rowe on the first down carry. Makes it second down and six.
1: Yeah, and Jack Rowe coming in like a freight train there. Just took took the first hit, kept going. Got a solid four-yard gain. And I think that's really Jack Rowe's greatest ability is how great he is as a kind of bouncing off tacklers.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a downhill runner for sure. As Fahey now takes the snap, he's got... Row blocking this time for him. It's a pass quick out wide once again to Johnny Sullivan getting two straight targets for Mercer Island. It's going to be near enough for a first down. We'll see where they mark it. It's going to be a third down and inches for Mercer Island. So an out route there for Sullivan nearly gets enough uh, for the line to gain, but we'll see here on this third down. Scott, do you think this is a power run opportunity for Mercer Island trying to impose their will? Do you think they air it out?
1: You know, they've been, I mean, EOS 5 of 8 on the game already. I I I think that this is I think you run it here and if you don't get it then
0: you air it out. Fahey in the sh- in the pistol this time he's got Truman Curry to his left now Curry gets a gets a sprint ahead in the backfield but he's gonna be stopped is it gonna be enough for a first down the Islanders players are pointing for it you forget sometimes Scott that even on a third down in inches if you don't get a huge gain you get enough for a first down there so good job by Curry really met at the line of scrimmage but he uh, he kept churning his legs yep yeah, kept those legs moving and. Gets enough for a first down as now the Islanders going quick. We've got Chase Shavy, I believe, in the slot there as wide receiver. And it's going to be a handoff down the middle once again to Curry, who's touring his way for two yards. And it's going to be second down and eight.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he's really been going at it this game. He's been finding the hole, and obviously there hasn't been that much space game. But I, I I like what Truman Curry does. I think he's ri- he's kind of like
0: he's shifty. He I, he reminds me a little bit of Alvin Kamara kind of. He's a very shifty back. Not not the biggest guy, but um, he can really. I like that comparison. He can he can sprint around, get a couple of jukes in. Is now Fahey in the shotgun? He's got I'd Curry for to his right. in here. Now a, a fake handoff now. Fahey rolling out to his right. He's going to look deep downfield. He goes off the hands of a receiver and intercepted by Samamish there. It's Eli's first interception of his career. It looks like it went off the hands of, I want to say, number one, Cole Drayton, the tight end. You can't really blame that on anyone. It was a, a good throw down the middle, but a tough uh, catch opportunity for Drayton. He got a couple guys around him trying to make a play and get tipped up in the air, and now Samamish will take over. They got a quick return down to the 44-yard line.
1: Yeah, I mean... That's really one of those huge momentum shifters, Gabe. So I'm interested to see what goes on here with now kind of Samamish being at home, having most of the momentum
0: after what looked like it was about to be a promising drive for Mercer Island. So here come the Totems once again. Their first drive after that timeout they took. It's now six minutes left to go in this first half. First and 10 from their own 44-yard line. Crawford... Ayu, Mataji, and, and Leafu have really been the main guys for this totem team thus far. Crawford in the pistol once again, taking the calls from his offensive coordinator. Looks like they, they've got some uh, communication issues maybe, but I think I'm going to take a timeout. We'll have to see. Still still waiting here as this Islanders defense decides. Let's take some time to talk it over too as now here we go. The whistle blows. We're ready. Offensive line, defensive line, gets set for both squads. And we've got Crawford. I expect now a blitz here in the pistol. It is a blitz. We've got a couple guys on the outside for this toss play, and it's going to be a stop there. Looks like maybe a gain of one yard. I want to say no gain there. Ryan Dallas on the tackle for Mercer Island.
1: Yeah, Ryan Dallas. I mean, recognizes the play really well, and then immediately bites that in. An excellent job by Ryan Dallas. Sniffing it out.
0: Scott, we've got some guys on this team, like you mentioned, Ryan Dallas, Derek Osmond. They have to like this type of play. 0, zero uh, defensive battle. You would think, uh, although that maybe Fahey and Durner and, and Gilchrist and Dr- and Johnny Sullivan, those guys don't love it. But you got to think that this Allen's defense just has to love this intensity so far this game. As a pass goes out wide, going to be a game of about six there, but a tackle made, looks like number... Eleven. Garrett Rogan was on the stop.
1: Yeah, and Garrett Rogan gave him a little licking there. Um, great tackle by Garrett, and he's really been one of those players, I think, that's kind of maybe taken one of the biggest progressions this year. Started off, I talked with him before this season, and he said he wasn't really sure how he was going to fit in at corner. It was something that he always likes playing. He has really good jumping ability, but didn't know how well he would fit in. I think we can now... For sure say that he fits
0: in well as a starting corner for this Islanders team. Already, an interception for in this game is now Crawford. Taking the snap, rolling out to his right. Is he going to look to run? He is. Putting his head forward and meets a defender there. That was number two, Nathan Buchan. And it's going to be just enough for a first down. Crawford really lowered the shoulder there. A quarterback that's not afraid to take a hit for sure.
1: I will say both these teams are laying down the hammer this game. I think... When we talk, obviously, you said it earlier when we talked with Jack Turner earlier, and it looks like it's actually going to be fourth and one. Maybe not the best spotting for Sammamish. Great for Mercer Island. I saw him before
0: a little bit, I think this is.
1: I think this is where Sammamish just needs to go for and say, we're averaging 220 rushing yards a game. We're not scared to get one yard. I think this is really Derek Osmond's time
0: to shine. All right, now we have and the shotgun's going to be a handoff to the left-hand side. Mataji there. There's a couple men there. It's a great open field tackle. Stopped. What a great play for Mercer Island. Don't do him like that, Ryan Dallas. What a great play there from Dallas. He's a senior, and he is hungry for some plays before the end of his illustrious career so far for Mercer Island. But it's not done yet, as you can see. Ryan Dallas just said, Give me a freebie.
1: Let me try it out. Let's see. Gosh. May the
0: best man win. Shoestring tackle there from Dallas. He's such a talented player on the defensive side. So fast moving around. He's part of the radio program too. He uh, he's interested in broadcasting. So maybe you'll hear his voice um, uh, around the corner for some other sports. But right now, his main focus, of course, I think, is on is on the game today, Scott.
1: He has four tackles already, one sack, and two tackles for loss.
0: I think his priorities are set correctly. Yeah, I mean it he 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 knows what he likes to do so mercer- now the oh there you go we've got the uh the sound from the broadcast coming in and you can you can hear an unsportsmanlike conduct against i want yeah against mercer island it Oh, looks no. like it.
1: I believe the islanders will have the ball though it was after the play
0: okay we're good i think yeah so the islanders will catch a break there because an unsportsmanlike Conduct penalty pushes them back 15 yards. We've already seen a couple of those I for think this tenacious the, Islanders team. When, when
1: we interviewed Eli Fahey, he said this team likes to celebrate, yeah. and sometimes that costs them. I think we saw it happen there.
0: All right, now Fahey taking the snap in the shotgun, throwing it out. Why a high pass intended for Drayton is incomplete. Scott, no, it was an incomplete pass, but I kind of like that play because whether that was drawn up or not, Fahey going directly back to the guy uh, that he threw to on the interception before. So I think definitely this is a coach's decision to kind of ease him back in because obviously you're going to throw interceptions every so often, especially with this Islanders offense. So I like that play there to try to get it to drain, reestablish that confidence.
1: I will add on this. The Islanders have really been utilizing the RPO today, something we
0: haven't seen in the previous two games. Faye has four receivers to throw to now. He's going to take a deep shot way downfield and it goes off the hands there of... Looks like that was number, is that number eleven Garrett Rogan? I want to say uh, that they've they've lost a couple of receivers. We're gonna have to see. Yeah, it is number eleven Garrett Rogan. So Scott, we've already seen Chase Shavy a defender coming out wide receiver. He's never done that this year. Rogan comes in. He hasn't done that this year. So uh, we we've seen a couple guys maybe uh, trying to see who can retake that role that Luke Shavy perfected really as that slot receiver.
1: I will say I do like Eli slinging it out I think that's kind of something he's grown into this year that was he, he said his favorite is the deep post
0: or just the go route and I think we're seeing that today now Fahey once again taking this snap; he's got a blitzer on his head but a th- pass is thrown deep downfield and they're going to call it a pass interference there the pass was intended for Jack Derner I believe that's his first target this game and it, he shows uh, one of his first targets he, he can he can make some plays, Scott, whether he's catching the ball or not, wins that pass interference, and it's going to be a huge call there because it was thrown way downfield on third and 10, now approaching four minutes left to go in the second quarter.
1: Yeah, Jack has one catch for nine yards on the day, but I think really the biggest improvement we've seen from Derner compared to the first game is that instead of instead of celebrating and maybe gain a 15-yard penalty of his own, just walks back to the huddle. Yeah. And I think we've kind of seen a lot of these players kind of grow in and realize that this is varsity now, and the refs don't like to play around, when, unlike when you're on the JVC team. I think Jack Turner, really one of those players that has really accepted his role.
0: It was funny, we were talking to Jack a couple weeks ago. He said that that penalty that he got in the first game was warranted because someone threw a punch on him, and he didn't say anything. I don't. They didn't know why uh, they had the penalty, but Eli he said, oh, come on now. He's lying. Uh, but now a pass from Fahey on first and ten is going to be a screen pass, tight end to Cole Drayton, he's going to get a lot of running room across the 40 and across the 30, so there is a flag on the play there, but if the play does stand, it's a huge chunk yardage play with under four minutes left to go in this first half.
1: There was both refs through their own personal flags right away. Usually that's a sign, and it's most likely going to be on the O-line, I would guess. Maybe a little holding action.
0: These Islanders players already moving back, so... I believe you are correct, Scotty. there. It's going to be a, uh, a penalty on the offense.
1: Um. Good good job. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, I, I don't know if that's
1: the one I wanted to. A
0: lot more penalties than usual.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's the call I wanted to predict, but I guess it happens. Yeah, um, we'll I think, be. I mean, first and 20 now is, I believe, what's going to be for the Islanders. I want to see a deep shot here. I think Eli's, Eli's been perfect on this drive. Let, let him risk it.
0: Yes, yeah, so it is going to be first and 15 uh, for the Islanders and Fahey. He's got Truman Curvy to his left with that left arm sleeve. Takes the snap and there's going to be <laughs> the defensive line looks like they might have jumped off sides. Uh, was that... I, mean, I want to figure out who that was. That was, was that... Tommy
1: Burke with, <laughs> uh, with an Oscar performance flop right there. Yeah,
0: that was James Harden of the uh of the high school football 3a kinko league is what we call tommy burke these days because he uh fell backwards after the the tombs get a quick start and let's just reset first and 10 for the islanders now right at midfield now three minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the second quarter now the snap is bobbled thrown on the ground there but fahey is able to pick it up roll out to his right a lot of chaos going on in the backfield and he's finally going to get sacked there on the first down play so already a couple sacks we've seen earlier um, this game. We saw it here now in this past play, Scott. We didn't see it a lot before for the Islanders offensive front. How important has the Sammamish Totem's defense been to keep this game at zero? piece now approaching three minutes left to go in the second quarter.
1: Yeah, before this game, Mercer Island had given up zero sacks, a very impressive stat. But Sammamish, Sammamish's D-line is kind of getting the best of them here, or just on a few plays. Um and I think we've we've seen that with Eli, his kind of Kyler Murray comparison coming out.
0: Fehi in the shotgun here. He's got Truman Curry to his left. Now it's gonna be a screen pass to Curry. He's gonna corral it at his around the line of scrimmage, but he's gonna get taken down immediately there on the second and 12 play. I believe the uh, the islands were looking for a flag, maybe excessive. It, uh, excessive it, it looked like
1: a little bit extra of a tackle than necessary. He was always he already going down and got. And the Sammamish got a little extra reinforcement on the tackle when I don't think it was needed. I think that should have been a flag. Gabe, I'll let I'll let you take it on this. What do you think?
0: I mean, I, I like to see that these these they're allowing the players to at least play some football. I don't want flags to dictate a game, of course, but I mean we've seen a couple against the Islanders, so uh, you know, maybe we're a little bit biased, but I like to see it even out a bit, don't you think Scott? <laughs> Fahey now behind Tommy Burke getting ready for the snap. He's got three receivers out wide. Rolling out to his right is Faye. He's gonna look to throw on the corner down the sideline. It's caught. Uh, looks like that, yeah. Number three, Jack Durner there on the reception on third down and thirteen. But it's gonna not be enough for the first down. So bring up a fourth down and I want to say third down, fourth down and five. Will they br- keep the offense on the field? We're gonna have to see because Scott, they're on the opposing forty-five yard line. What do you think here? Do do they understand the field to try to uh, keep the first uh, keep? N- not keep this game at 0-0. Zero, zero.
1: I think you do. There's 1 minute 48 seconds left in the second quarter. Um, Eli Fahey's looked really dominant so far. I think you continue to let him sling it out.
0: Fourth down and five. They're going to officially call it Eli Fahey. He's going to look to fire here. Staying on the field. Jack Rowe to his left. Nathan Buchan in the slot. And they're going to call a timeout here for... Mercer Island. So with that, we'll take a quick break, but stay tuned on here on 88.9 The Bridge because we got a fourth down and five coming up. Islanders trying to score the first points of the game here on this Friday Night Lights.
3: Hey, my name's Will, and I'm here with a daily reminder to take care of your mental health. I know it can be tough sitting cooped up in your house all day, but try to focus on the positives. Set aside relaxation time, feel free to reach out to others, and most importantly, stay safe. Just remember, we're all in this together.
1: Are you ready? This is Islander Football.
0: Yes, Scott, I am ready. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for asking. We are here for this fourth and five between the Sammamish Totems and the Murchillon Island Islanders in this Washington State football matchup. Minute forty-three left to go in this first half of action. Eli Fahey, junior quarterback, lining up with Jack Rowe to his left here on this fourth down and five. A crucial play, one of the biggest in the first half. Now, Fahey's going to take the snap, rolling out right. He's got a couple D linemen trying to chase him. Does he have running room? He's going to look to run, get forward, and bounce out. Does he have enough for the first down? Looks like there's some fans cheering there. Let's see where they mark it. It's going to be really close. Eli Fahey escaped, dashed like a cheetah there. A blur. As he got down the sideline, are they going to call enough for the first down? We're going to have to see here.
1: I mean, yeah. No matter what happens here, a great scramble by Eli. Turning basically a dead play into possibly a first down. I think it was. However, there was a flag. So we'll have to see what happens there. Because the one thing we do see with quarterbacks who scramble a lot is all, there's all a lot of holding. Just because kind of the offensive linemen lose sight of their quarterback. And just find the closest man. But I hope this stays.
0: Scott, this is looking like a... This is looking like my, my bedroom during the start of COVID with all this laundry on the field. You didn't know where I was going with that one, did you? Well, now you do because it's 4th and five from first round. They're still going to call it. The referees had a long discussion here. So we're going to have to see what this penalty is. Um, looks like they're going to say it's a... Uh, Against the, against the offense all right so that will make it fourth down and and 15 and Cole drain's already out there on the field so he might as well just drop back and uh, and take they this might punt. have to
1: ice his leg at halftime he's been yeah,
0: he, he's been on the field a lot and the that's, that's true, for now, both I believe. Teams. true for both teams because it's been a a slow start to this game we hope in the second half they can pick up a little bit because we are stuck at zero zero the scoreboard operator hasn't had a lot of work maybe and maybe they're taking a nap here in this first half and they'd be just fine because it's still zero zero, but fourth and now 15, a minute 34 left to go. We'll see if the totems uh, will uh, try to go for a two minute drill drive led by uh, Toa Crawford.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's really going to be a true momentum killer. If some can find a way to get into the end zone, but I think this is, I think the Islanders defense has this in store. They've been really strong the whole game. Um, and I'm excited to see another moon kick by Cole. That's kind of been the highlight of the game so
0: far. Here goes Drayton now. He's got Jack Rowe and a couple other people protecting him on this punt. Fourth down and 15 as now Drayton takes the punt. It's a huge kick way high up in the air. It's going to bounce down at the 30-yard line and get a nice MI hop. It's going to be picked up by a totem. It's going to be number nine, I believe, Zeelan Mataji. And uh, he's going to get across... The 25-yard line and down right around the 26. So a minute 29 left, Scott. Do you think they even have a chance to to get points with how this offense for both teams has been running so far?
1: I think they're gonna start off kind of running the ball, go back to their basics, because Sammamish has not been dominant in the gr- in the run game at all today. It's been completely stopped. And then I think by the time we get to third down, a deep shot. Like Garrett, Garrett Rogan
0: go to work for the Islanders defense. Crawford the sophomore here in the shotgun. He's going to take the snap. Drop back here to pass. Going to throw it way downfield. It's going to be tipped up in the air. There was a couple players on each squad but it falls down to the ground right around the 40. So it would have been a huge gain for for Sammamish but it's going to be incomplete and bring up a second down and 10 with a minute 14 left to go in this first half. Scott I'm going to I didn't ask you your score prediction in the first half, but I'm glad I didn't because now we're still at 0-0. Do you think uh, what do you think that your score prediction is going to be finally in this in this second half of play assuming that no teams uh, score here as you see a timeout for Samamish.
1: Well, Gabe, I'm going to I'm going to go low. I'm going to say 14-7. The Islanders are definitely a second half team. Yeah. I think I think that's been the moral of the story so far this season. They've always started slow. Even Eli talked about it. He said, we know that we can score on any drive. We just, for some reason, haven't been able to get off to strong starts, and that's kind of been a killer for us. And so I think coming out of halftime, I believe Mercer Island starts off with the ball. Um, I think they will come out with an opening drive touchdown.
0: Scott, this first half has been uh, definitely a defensive performance, but you mentioned it just a couple a couple of seconds ago, how good this defensive line has been for Mercer Can you go a little bit more in depth on these guys up front? We see uh, we see guys like Lawrence LaRivas. Um, we see guys like number six, Tate Wiesentiner, and, of course, uh, Derek Osman, Sean Ronalds, and Cam Johnson are always up there, uh, and Cole Drayton, of course, uh, on this defensive front.
1: I think it's really just been how, how many people they bring to line at once. I mean, we're seeing
0: two people come in. I'm expecting a sack from Cole. Now here we go on a screen pass quickly outside to Leifu and he's going to need to get across enough for the first down there so a quick burst from Leifu. He's one of their star players, of course, the 6'1, 200 200-pound sophomore. Also plays middle linebacker for this team and he gets enough for the first down.
1: Yeah, but I mean going back to your last question, what we saw there Nate and Buchan and Coldrain kind of tiptoeing right up to the line of scrimmage and then bolting out coming at the quarterback and I think that's really kind of been how the Islanders like to run their defense they know they are one of the faster teams they like to utilize that speed to beat everyone off the edge and even give themselves a chance to get really two tackles every single play because they always have more than one person coming at the
0: ball as it looks yeah. like there may have been some more laundry on the field Yes, yeah, Scott we've got a lot of penalties here this game so far could pretty much close my eyes and have a 50-50 chance of just saying, oh, lost a five on the penalty there. But it's been it's been a theme, definitely. A lot of flags, a lot of good play from the defensive line is what's keeping this game at, at zero apiece Crawford between the Totems ball. and the Islanders. So Crawford now, he's got the, and the left-hand coach's sleeve that we see a lot in high school because... Uh, you know, these guys need to get the play calls right, of course. And he's got a trusty right-hand man, Zeland Mataji, behind him, the senior, who's been a definitely a key factor for the Totem's offensive play calling, of course. And now Crawford taking this snap, looking to throw this time. He's going to get pressured by Buchan, but throw it out wide. And it's intended for, it looks like Leifu there, but it falls incomplete. So with that, we've got a third down and 15 with a minute and two seconds left to go in the second quarter. Scott, now we're seeing if they stop him here. The Islanders definitely have another shot to get the ball back and, and go and go deep.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Gabe, this this defense has been stingy the whole day. They've been going at them. They, I mean, I I really like what I've seen. I think it where it all comes from the coaches. I think you and I have talked about how strong this coaching staff from Mercer Rowland is, and it's fed to the players. They realize that winning football doesn't come in the game; it comes in practice. And I think that's kind of what we've seen with this Islander team the whole year.
0: Crawford here on this third and 15. He's got a long way to go if they want to keep this first half drive alive. And now he's got a lot of defenders coming at him, including Derek Osmond. Crawford's still going back, and he's going to be sacked, taken down there by a couple guys, including Osmond and also number 31, Ryan Dallas. Of course, those two guys, you're going to be hearing their names a lot as we move forward through this game, and Scott, now Islanders, I would assume they would take a timeout. Yeah, it's going to be a timeout for Mercer Island with 50 seconds left to go in this first half, and they've got a shot here. And obviously, the play calling for Mercer Island uh, it has a lot of mix between running and deep passing, of course. But now it's going to be kind of they're going to be kind of forced to throw it deep here, and I do think that's a good thing that they're going to be forced to take a couple shots with only 50 seconds left to go in this second quarter.
1: Yeah, and I believe it's third down. So Samish does to have one, well, one more play. That's what that, that, that's what we're seeing on the
0: broadcast as of right now. It, but, it was um, third down. There must have there must have been another penalty on the field because, all right. Well, it was third down at fifteen, and now it stays at third down at fifteen. So uh, we're gonna have to see what the uh, what the referees decide to do here on this play. Yep. Okay. There, there we we're go. Good. Fourth we're down. Good. Uh, maybe the. Uh, but the, with that said, <laughs> fourth. Down. I th- I, Four I down think this, and 30.
1: I very well think this drive could end up coming down to the player we haven't mentioned today, Samia Lumba. I think that's very well this position possession could end in a field goal.
0: All right, so it's fourth down, and the clock keeps on going up. Okay, fourth down and 36 officially. is. is it was a huge sack there by Dallas and Here Osman. Here's my safety prediction. It's going to be a punt if I get that wrong. All right you got to get a couple right this half, and I would hope that this one's true, unless they do some sort of fake, is Cole Drayton lining up right along the long snapper there. He's got momentum here going forward, trying to get this block, but the kick is away, and Shavey's back here to return the kick, and he's going to call a fair catch at the Sammamish 44-yard line. So, Scott, 45 seconds left to go in the second quarter, and the Islanders have a great shot here with Fahey. We've seen what he can do throwing it deep... Uh, to get some points here before this first half closes.
1: Yeah, and I I think this is when they have to use Johnny Sullivan. Already has two catches for 15 yards. Um, he's kind of that outside threat that no one wants to go up against. Let him use his height. I, I would like to see kind of some one-on-one balls. When we talked with Eli, he said, I trust all my, I, all my receivers in man-to-man coverage, and I think the corners are where I'm going to have to attack. I think we see it prevalent here
0: he taking a snap, pump faking to the left-hand side. He's coming going to throw it left, and it's caught there by Johnny Sullivan. So he's going to get around the first down marker. We're going to see where they mark it. Now 40 se- seconds left to go in the second quarter.
1: And I, I, I mean, I think this is a tempo that they're going to have to start playing with going into the second half. It's really been the, the hurry-up offense has been the most successful for the Islanders.
0: Fahey, now in the shotgun, taking the snap. He's got a couple guys pressuring him, rolling out right, trying to escape the defense. He's going to throw a dart on the right-hand side. It's going to be incomplete there, just out of bounds. The pass was intended for Cole Drayton, who he's just waiting to make a huge play on offense. We've seen a couple times Eli Fahey target him, but the pass falls incomplete. i will bring down third down.
1: Gavin, and I have to add on, we saw Eli doing some scrambling there, but how about that pancake block by Derek Osmond? Um, A perfectly timed pancake block Not causing any flag But I mean That's why we've seen him get A lot of D1 offers Is his ability
0: to hold his ground And you'll hear uh, us talk to Derek Osmond At halftime A nice interview we had with him this afternoon Of course a great guy to talk with And um, he's got a bright future ahead of him for sure Now Fahey taking the shotgun snap Here with 28 seconds left to go He's going to take a shot to the end zone Does he have a man? It's going to be knocked down there Oh, intercepted by the Spamish Totems. So it looked like it was initially knocked down, and now the Totems are running across the 20, across the 30, getting all the way down to the 42-yard line, and uh, that's where the Totems will take over. with Now only 10 seconds left to go in this first half. So, Scott, they try to take a deep shot there on third down, but uh, Fahey throws his second interception of the game, but both of those plays have come off of deep shots. They're trying to take a chance, and really in that case... For the second time in a row, the, the interception really didn't seem like that huge of a deal because either they're going to get six, or really no one's going to get anything now with only eight seconds left to go in this in this half.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one I would have personally liked to see a little short of a short play, maybe call a timeout or utilize the sideline step out of balance and then run one more play. But I, I can see what Eli was doing there. They were still 20 yards out of field goal position, trying to get them. Into field goal position and get the first points on the board in a very slow day for the Islanders and the Totems.
0: So we see a a block in the back against the Sammamish Totems will push them further back. But that uh, that a uh, that penalty seems a little bit useless because they, I don't think the Totems are going to get very many points from this drive anyway. Very many points. I think don't think they're going to get any points at all. Backed up near their own 10-yard line with only eight seconds left to go in the half as. Crawford takes the pistol snap, but goes down for a knee, and Scott, that's unique. You know Maybe a lot of these high school players aren't used to taking snaps under center, so uh, Crawford there ends off the half as these players walk off the field. And Scott, initially, I want to hear your reactions because it's 0-0 going into the locker room. In what ways can the Islanders get a, a second half burst because he's thrown his first two interceptions of his young career. How do the Islanders stay confident, keep their ads high going into the second half?
1: I mean, I think it's going to really come through four main things. First off, I think it's going to have to come through Eli kind of getting this team kind of up going. When we talked with Jack Derny, he said this team lives on energy. And so I think that's where it's going to come from. And along with that, I think they're going to have to establish a run game. But the main thing is going to be Ed Schlesinger's speech. I think he's going to really have to bring this team together. We kind of saw some of them hanging their heads as they went down as they went into halftime. I think we're going to have to see kind of a fresh start for both teams. Going to the second half.
0: All right. With that, we're going to send it off to our interview with Derek Osman. He's had a great game. Of course, this defense for the Islanders has been ferocious. The Sammamish Totems and the Islanders locked up at zero apiece, and we'll be back for second half action next.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Pirak, joined by Gabe Gottesman from 88.9 The Bridge. Today, we are joined by star senior left tackle, O-line member and D-tackle, Derek Osmond. Derek has several D1 offers and a chance to walk on to many more schools. Derek has been on varsity all four years and throughout his high school career has been a major presence on the line of scrimmage on this strong Islander squad. Last Sunday, versus the Liberty Patriots, Derek provided a boost on the defense with some highlight plays and gave up no sacks on offense. Derek has provided Eli Fahey who threw for 212 yards and three touchdown passes last Saturday, a comfortable pocket throughout the season. In that game, the Islanders fell to the Patriots 21-20, but Derek and the Islanders look to bounce back and carry momentum from their fourth quarter excellence this Friday at 7 p.m. when they take on the Sammamish Totems, which you can listen to on 88.9 The Bridge. Derek, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Our first question for you, Derek, is what did having a senior season mean to you and how has it helped you on your path towards football in the future?
2: Yeah, so I wasn't really sure that we were going to get a season here. So I'm just kind of looking at it as a bonus. And and it's been super, it's been super nice. And I've been super fortunate to get uh, being a state that eventually, you know, even if it took a while, had a season Um, and, you know, it had a lot more buildup to it because obviously there was a lot longer of an off season. So there was more time to work out and prepare. Um, And it it got a little stagnant there, but when, when knowing that season was coming, it it was something to look forward to. So um, it was definitely something great. And, you know, most of my recruiting processes happened before this. So this is kind of just like a a, a one last, you know, Mercer on high school football season kind of thing to, to go out there and uh, kick some butt and have, have a good time.
0: So Derek, you obviously came into the year as one of the more experienced players. You've been on this team for several years, but in your senior year, where do you think you've progressed the most in these, these two games so far? Is there anything you're trying to focus on before you take the next step in
2: your career? Yeah, um, I think just overall, at least for high school, um, defense is something that I've been focusing more on and improving upon. Um, I'm going to be a college offensive lineman so I won't be playing defense in college but um, I think the weaker part of my game in high school was my defense so far so that was something that I was looking forward to playing and having a good time out there with, on the field and uh, improving upon.
1: And at what age did you realize you wanted to become a part of the offensive line and defensive line because it's a position many people don't when they're playing peewee football say I want to be him or something like that.
2: Sure so um, I started playing football in second grade um my dad played college football and my brother played through the high school and then played college lacrosse but he was also a good a good football player so I, I kind of you know grew up around football watching football um and it was never like a um I don't want to be an offensive lineman or I do but you know I came into second grade as one of the bigger kids on the team when I was playing with fourth graders so that's generally the place that they're going to stick you regardless so um, I got in there and I, I found it pretty fun and pretty entertaining got to um, you know, stay in there and hit hit some kids. So it was fun. I had a good time.
0: So Derek, whether it was from maybe an upperclassman when you were an underclassman, or your dad, or just anyone else, what's the best piece of advice you think you've received so far in terms of how to play football, especially offensive line and defensive line?
2: Yeah. Um, so I think I would say like it's a little bit a little bit of a both, but um, you know, like don't don't underestimate who you're going against because. Um, everybody has that has their upside. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, but playing a smaller player, a lot of people might think that, you know, I'm just going to run them over all the time, but a lot of the time they're faster, they're quicker. So there's, there's different pieces to, uh, to, to the sport and you got to make sure that you account for all of it. Cause you can find yourself getting burned pretty easily by someone you didn't expect.
1: So we have a two part question for you. What would you consider to be your greatest talents in the second part? We've talked with your other players. Eli compares himself to Kyler Murray. Jack Derner says he's John Ross. Um, Cole said he's Shannon Sharp. So then we want to know if you had to compare yourself to a college or NFL player, who would it be as we're forming this offense per se?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah. So I think if I was, oh, sorry, could you repeat the first part again? I forgot forgot the first
1: part. Uh, What would you consider to be your greatest talent?
2: Sure. So um, I I would say my greatest talent is um, just kind of my my footwork and my, my speed off the ball. Um, I think I have a pretty a pretty quick release off the snaps, so I think that's that's a pretty good thing to have. And then um, if I was comparing myself to somebody, um, I think I would like to to compare myself. I'll go with um, Marshall Yonda. He was a guard for the Ravens for a while there. Um, future Hall of Famer, at least should be, so um, retired recently, but I think I'll go with that. I, I, I don't know.
0: Derek this year obviously with new quarterback Eli Fahey a lot of weapons on the outside this offense has kind of transformed uh, from what we've seen in previous years how different is this year's team versus what you've been on in previous years for the Islanders
2: yeah um, I think we definitely have a lot more confidence this year Um, you know uh, Eli coming in obviously first year starting on varsity um he's handled it very well and we we have some we have targets on the outside everybody's a weapon everybody's a a viable option to get a pass to um and then also with four seniors on the offensive line plus uh, plus Tommy Burke there it's it's a pretty strong offensive line four of us returning so um that's a that's definitely definitely a good thing to have there a lot of seniority and a lot of experience on that offensive line um so i, I think Overall, we we just have more confidence and more trust um, in our teammates as a whole, which is, uh, you know, like that team chemistry aspect is pretty big, I would say.
1: So Um, we've talked about you as an Islander, but now let's talk about you yourself. What is the college recruiting process like? And when did you realize that you really had a chance to play at the next level?
2: Yeah, so um, I had minimal contact kind of a little bit in sophomore year um with college recruiting it's a little bit complicated you're not really allowed to talk to players um well players players have to reach out to you if you're a college coach when they're um before I think it's September 1st of your junior year um and so it was it was a little bit you know strange and I had to reach out to coaches and all kinds of stuff um coming up there to try to get interest and it didn't really take off until later in my junior year I would say um and the process itself is interesting it's a lot of um especially in COVID times, my process was very different. Um, You know, normally when I'd be able to uh, do like a lift or a a spring practice or something, and a coach would be able to come see me. um, Now it's, I have to fill a backpack in my bedroom with, with things that make it heavy and replicate a squat and send off a video um, for, for someone to get a look at me and look at my athleticism and all that stuff so it's definitely a change college recruiting college coaches weren't able to come visit I wasn't go, able to go visit schools um, take official visits or anything like that so that that's a big change I was able to get out to go see some schools that I just like went with my dad or my mom and it was kind of like window shopping um, because it's, it's all self-directed the coaches can send me maps or something but I can't talk to anybody I can't meet anyone so it's it, it's been a bit different I don't think it's your typical college football recruiting experience but uh it's it's also a lot a lot of phone calls a lot of phone calls a lot of zoom meetings
0: all right so Derek you your teammates your family your coaches we know a lot of people know how important you are to the team and how dominant you can really be on the field but I feel like maybe you can agree that sometimes offensive linemen especially get overshadowed without uh or, without statistics and if you do well if you're not giving up sacks you're just kind of doing your job you know so this is going on at halftime of the game you've got this platform here what's your one minute elevator pitch to explain why you think being a part of the offensive line those offensive linemen the big guys up front are the most important position on the field
2: well sure it all it all starts with uh, it all starts with the line so you know obviously you got to snap the ball to the quarterback and whether it's a run or a pass um, the ball is not going to get to the quarterback and the quarterback might not have time to throw it. If, if the offensive line is performing poorly. So, you know, that wide receiver that breaks a 60 yard touchdown well he's not getting that pass, if the line doesn't block because the quarterback's getting sacked and you know, a running back uh, might average five yards a carry, but if the O-line's doing, doing a poor job, he, he might get stopped at the line every play. So I think that's a pretty good prime example of uh, why, why the offensive line is pretty important, but uh, I think the team itself, at least internally does a pretty good job of recognizing, our our offensive lineman there and I think we're having a good time
1: and our final question for you today Derek is now that you really have two games left in your season senior season what is your favorite memory as part of the high school football program
2: oh geez okay um I think I would say my my favorite memory um I think you know there's a lot of them, and I, I don't know if I could tell you this is the favorite overall, but one that definitely sticks out to me. Um, my freshman year, like you mentioned, I was lucky enough to uh, be able to start on varsity, and I, I I got in the game freshman year, first play of my high school career, and the guy I lined up against was six foot six, 300 pounds, and I was still at the time six two, so I was I <laughs> it was a, it was definitely memorable to say the least. It was a dogfight for me, and it was a lot, uh, but it was definitely like a welcome to welcome to big boy football, welcome out of Pee Wee. And so that I think that's a, and, and it, it worked out fine. I did okay. Um, you know, I held my own a little bit. So I think that was probably a, a, good, a good memory, a good favorite, a good learning experience.
1: Well, Derek, thank you for joining us. Make sure to tune to 88.9 The Bridge for Mercer Island versus Sammamish tonight, March 26th at 7 p.m. And Derek, we can't wait to see you continue to be a difference maker and make some pancake blocks against the Totems.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it.
0: Bottom of the screen, two receivers up top as well. And a shotgun. Now Truman Courage, I take the snap for this two-point conversion. He's going to look to throw. He's got room. He's rolling out to his left. He's going to try to throw for the end zone. And it is. Is it caught? And it's deflected and goes incomplete. And with that, Liberty, their entire bench empties.
1: And they're celebrating. Wow. After a disappointing loss, the Islanders look to rebound against a hot Sammamish football team. Now, Will Kendrick, and Gabe, I want to say my favorite saying, we have ourselves a rumble in the jungle yeah. tonight.
0: Drew to McCurry, to the left of Feige. he's going to take the shotgun snap, dropping back, looking to pass, going for the end zone, near the end zone, it's caught by Gilchrist, he's going to try to lean forward, does he get to the goal line? Yes, Touchdown, he does! Islanders! Oh my, Mercer Island is it! God, we've got a QB on our hands for the next two years, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. Beautiful route by Samuel Gilchrist, and Eli could have not thrown it any
0: better. The Islanders are fueled by a high-powered offense, and their quarterback, Eli Fagan has led the way so far. He's going to look downfield. He's got a jacket over the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Islanders. Oh, my, M, I. They
1: were big. With difference makers all over the field. Expect an outburst of highlight plays in scoring. Bringing the blitz. of Liberty now pass out
0: wide to Cole Drayton. He's going to... There he Cole Barrel Drayton board! is in for the two-point conversion. Do you believe it, Islanders? A great
1: play. Fake the run to Jack Rowe and let Cole Drayton, who was player of the game last week, go to work. With a strong offense and defense, the Islanders are not a force to be reckoned with. I'm going
0: nice to make seat. a prediction. Safety. All out blitz for the Islanders. They come in and pass out wide. And, Scott, your prediction came through. That's a safety for the Islanders. Wow.
1: Two unique play styles, one winner. Mercer Island Islanders, Sammamish Totem. Um, on 88-9, The Bridge.
0: Well, the score was 0-0 through the first half of action. But we are back here on 88-9, The Bridge, for some more Islanders football Alongside Scott Pirac, I'm Gabe Gottesman here broadcasting this game between the Sammamish Totems versus your Mercer Island Islanders. And Scott, through that first half, like I said, no points. But what is something for the Islanders that they can uh, look for as a positive that they that they uh, they had in that in that first half?
1: Well, that Eli threw 58 percent um, completion percentage and it had 67 yards. He also had two picks, but I mean, one of those was kind of deflected off, and one was. Just going into half, kind of heave it up, see what the Islanders can create. So I don't think any of those were really majorly forced turnovers. None of them were difference makers. Um, One thing I think the Islanders need to improve on heading to the second half is the rushing game. They have seven carries for 11 yards, Gabe. Um, Not the 7-11 you want to hear of. (laughs) Um, I, I think that's the only way I can say it. But I think that's where they're really—I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I'm sticking with Truman Curry. I have an internal feeling that there's going to be a huge breakout run. And oh boy, gave a wee in for a treat
0: in this second half.
1: And really, two top five teams in their own respective conferences.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen the high power that both of these offenses can have. Uh, the Totems put up 63 points in their opening game, 43 in their second game. So this is not something they're used to at all. This is in a uh, a foreign territory for them. The Islanders, on the other hand, uh, their defense is used to shutting down opponents, but the Islanders have uh, had five touchdowns through two games so far this season. So both of these offenses, you know what they're capable of, but um, what we're going to see whether we can get some more points here as the Islanders with Samir Lumba uh, we'll kick it away to the totems, who are in all white here, uh, getting ready to receive this second half opening kickoff. Lumba, getting ready. Um, what well, we're gonna see, that, Scott? The field position battle has been has been a major storyline thus far. How do you think that's gonna impact the second half?
1: Yeah, I mean, both teams really highlight so far this game has been the returns we saw a great return by chase shave at the beginning game then the totems answered that right back with a great return of their own both teams have also turned over the ball islanders have two turnovers totems have one with that amazing pick by garrett rogan but i mean i i think field position
0: will be the difference maker so Lumba puts his right hand in the air trots forward and kicks it away it's gonna be picked up by the totems a couple of tackles broken now across the 40-yard line. And the totem player has room across the 50, going across the 40, now down to the 30, only Lumba to beat. And finally, Samir Lumba pushes him out of bounds. But Scott, we talked about the field position, and now the totems are the ones that are really going to take advantage here as they get past the 20-yard line and already into the red zone of Mercer Island.
1: Ben, don't break. I think that's going to have to be the Islanders' motto on this on this short trip. As, I mean, you said it. The tones have set up perfectly already and we're 10 seconds into the third quarter, Gabe. Um, I think this is going to be one of those where Derek Osman has to take full leadership and make a
0: highlight play. We saw in the first game against Newport that the Islanders were really good uh, as a defensive team in the red zone. We'll see if right here as the, Island, uh, as the Totems have it on the 18-yard line, they can replicate that success. Toa Crawford, the sophomore QB, taking the snap look at the throw. he's gonna throw it out wide and it's gonna be incomplete intended there for number three Leona lifu who is a sophomore one of the stars for this team really a three-headed monster of Crawford lifu and Zealand mataji they running back a senior so Scott how do they Islanders obviously done a great job so far but continue continue to contain those guys who are obviously big threats
1: I think it's continuing to run their man coverage Putting a lot of faith into those corners who have, I mean, really only given up one big play, which was in the first quarter. Besides that, the Totems haven't been able to get anything on offense because the Islanders are packing the box
0: with eight players every time. Here goes Crawford now in the pistol formation. He's going to take the snap. Look to throw this time. He's going to go through for the end zone. It's going to be passed on the left. And it's going to be caught by a Totem wide receiver as he trots in. To the end zone, that is going to be Leona Leifu there. So, the Sammamish Totem strike first. Not something the Islanders fans wanted to see or hear, but Scott, we knew Crawford ha- had a good arm. Dave, I may be wrong, but there may be a flag. Oh, please. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle here in late March. The Islanders may have caught a break. A minute, or 11 minutes, 35 seconds left to go, so just... 25 seconds left. In the
1: rest it. are discussing. We're still waiting. Yeah. 20, for for the Christmas miracle. We're waiting to open our present.
0: 25 seconds into this second half. Already some Amish Totem's appearing to be a a threat for this merch round record so far and the Oh, the
1: it's flag against, the, is against Islanders.
0: the defense. So the penalty will be Oh, but oh,
1: what? but the box has been reopened and it is also against <laughs> The totems,
0: as you just heard. the totems
2: is accepted and enforced.
0: So looks like there were there was two flags against the totems. Well they ha- they had one that was declined. That's what we saw from the referee. But then there's another penalty. So You open your stocky at first, there was nothing there. You open the box, you open your stocking. There's a holding. There was, there was coal in our stocking, but turns out that was our brother's stocking. And now we <laughs> open the other one, and we've got a second down and 22 for the totems. And there you go, Ryan Dallas and company ready to reinforce their will. So the Islanders defense was like, oh, we'll give you guys some uh, something to celebrate for because we're getting a little bit bored too out here in this 0-0 uh, zero, zero affair. But uh, here we go once again, this Islanders defense looking nasty.
1: I mean, yeah, I I don't think you could have put it any better. Third down and 27. I started this drive by saying, Ben, don't break. That's what the Islanders are doing. They got a little lucky there, but great play by Ryan Dallas for his third tackle for loss. And now the Totems are in a really, they need to get at least 15 yards here, I think, to get into field goal range
0: offered on this third and 27 has four receivers out wide he's gonna roll out to his right there's gonna be a couple guys chasing him he's trying to get away from the defense here now finally being taken down right around the line of scrimmage There are a great tackle kind of around the head there looks like by number there is also a flag just want to throw oh. that out but i
1: think i saw it pre-play i believe there was a false start by the receiver on the offense
0: i think he he i saw that too he split his route a little too early. So we're going to see what the flag is. You know, if we're both wrong, Scott, that's going to be really embarrassing. But no. It's going to be All right. Yeah, exactly. illegal formation for the the totems there. And I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, the Islanders declined that penalty, make it fourth down. And so a break, Scott. We, we felt the emotion of what it's like at the totem score first. How important is it for the Islanders uh, to really get their confidence back. Obviously, they are in the David and Goliath matchup. They really are Goliath because they were a bigger school, 3A school, um, even though this Totems team ha- has shown greatness, of course. How important is it for the Islanders to kind of take command and score first?
1: Well, then, in that case, Goliath needs to score first, gain the momentum. Exactly. Because he's, I mean, they're they're, da- they're, away, this, this David, they're their away team.
0: David has been, maybe it's Goliath are versus they? Goliath. Oh, it looked like it might have been a fake punt there, but finally the punter for to Kicks it away, and Luke Shavy lets it roll down past the ten yard line all the way to the Jay seven. Shavy, okay. not Luke Shavy. Luke so, Shavy's yeah. inactive. Shavey's, he's used to being the punt returner, and his brother is out there, a junior who's been a a, a great player there for the Islanders as a junior. Uh, their their dad, Gary Shavy, is also a coach on the team, so they've it's a family affair, Mercer Island football. But now Eli Fahey will take it inside his own ten.
1: And as you could hear from one of the fans, a great defensive
0: stand from the Islanders. Yeah, we, maybe uh, we should let some of the fans come in for the for some commentating every so often because they they do have uh, have good input for sure. That is true.
1: I mean, we had Mo Mo and last week put in some some great input for us. <laughs> this week we're getting some some fan calls, and I think this is really where they need to establish the run
0: game inside their own ten. Let Truman Curry find a hole. Fahey under center this time. He's got a fullback. I believe that might be Johnny Sullivan. And now it looks like there's going to be maybe an offsides penalty against the Totems. Did Eli just use the hard count? That is the question. I wish we could hear it from here, but it is going to be a offsides penalty. First down and five now from Mercer round. Get some breathing room across past the 10-yard line of the Islanders. And uh, it will be first down and five. Now in this third quarter, we're moving along here. Still no points on the board waiting for the first strike from either side. Now Fahey looking to pass this time. He's going to find a man, but he goes behind his receiver. That was intended for Jack Durner, but it falls incomplete.
1: I think this is where the Islanders need to get the run game going. It was first and five. I would like to see the run here. I mean, get, get some trust back in those running backs. Didn't get the best start, but the Islanders as a whole on offense, their defense played great on offense. Had a little bit of a rough start, and I think you gotta you got put some trust in Truman Curry
0: to get you five yards in two plays. So first down and five now, nine minutes and 58 seconds left to go in this third quarter as he takes the snap, this time trying to hand it off to Truman Curry. He's gonna spin out of one tackle, but then get met at the line for a few extra totems who were there to uh, make up that defender's mistake there because Truman Curry made him look a little bit silly, but... There's been a couple of times where Curry's had it in the backfield. He's shifted around, but but there's been a lot of totems that are just lining up and uh, getting ready to tackle them right around the line of scrimmage. So I want to I
1: want to hear your prediction. Third and seven. I I would say pass here. Would you agree with that? I mean, we've got Derner and Sullivan out wide. I would say a deep shot here. Why not take a chance? It's- I'd love to see a deep shot to Johnny Sullivan. We we usually get at least one a game. They've got one to at least work, I should say, every game. I think they go for it here.
0: Curry the tailback here as Fahey is under center this timeout. Fake handoff rolling out to his left. He's going to be met immediately, though, Fahey, on that play-action pass. Turned his head up, but he is sacked right around the Islanders' own one- or two-yard line there. So uh, it brings up fourth down, and Cole Drayden's going to be backed up near his own end zone for this punt.
1: And I think that's the first time Cole's going to really have to get the punt off soon. Uh, usually he has some time because... I think this is his first punt inside his own end zone. So now now Cole's on level two of punting is what I like to call it. Um, let's see
0: if he can make another huge moon kick here. All right, Cole Drayton now. A high snap. He's going to take it and kick it away. And it gets off cleanly now, bouncing and corralled by... Oh, it's going to be a fumble, a muff snap, and the Islanders have it. The Islanders are on it. They are a stolen possession as the Drayton punt. Flies to the night sky, goes down to the 39-yard line of Mercer Island. And the Islanders were there to pick up the loose ball and make it first down and 10. So really on that fourth down play, it was a 30-yard gain for the Islanders.
1: And you know Cole just fly through level two, and I'd like to say they didn't lose the possession. They just moved the ball up quickly is what we're going to go with there. I mean,
0: that, That's a form of a deep shot, I would say, a muff punt perhaps. <laughs> I mean, Cole Drayton, he's making plays all over the field. So far this year for the Islanders. And now Eli Fahey faking the snap. Trying to capitalize here. Looking to throw it. airing out long. He's going to look way deep. He's got a big arm. It's almost caught there. But incomplete. And a flag is thrown. The Islanders' sideline is clapping. We see a couple players there for the Islanders. Uh, number uh, 40, Callum Nihar. Number 12, Spencer Cornblum, there. Clapping on the sideline. Looks like it might have been against the against the Totems.
1: Yeah, I I mean, this is, I think, obviously, we don't know the call yet. We're expecting it to be a pass interference. But that can really be a game-changing call. Within two plays, the Islanders go, really, from their own one to maybe the Totem's 49. So, near 50-yard. It looked like face mask. Yeah, illegal
0: contact against Sammamish. So, that will make it First first down and 10. They're moving way up the field now, near midfield. Scott, like you said, the Islanders have gotten two breaks. plays here. Two breaks, one on a muff punt now. The next play, they get a, a holding penalty, and now they've moved 40-plus yards up the field. Going back to your first analogy, Gabe, we've got a lot of Christmas presents so far today. Absolutely. As now fake. he takes a snap, heading off down the middle to Jack Durner. Oh, to Jack Rowe, excuse me. The ball is fumbled, and it's getting tossed around by Rowe, and now it's on the ground. Fahey got up, and he turned around. And he saw the ball was on the ground. We're going to find out who has it here. This is a huge play here. It looks like the Islanders keep it. So there you go. a heads up play Scott? by
1: Sean Ronaldson?
0: That right. was close there. Jack Rowe, a little bit of miscommunication there on the handoff. Fumbles it, tries to go down and, and re-grab it, but then it it kind of squirted out to Eli Fahey. But then Fahey, he was kind of already talking to the referee. He thought the play was just kind of over. Turns out and sees a ball on the ground, and he scrambles. But looks like one of the offensive linemen, like you said, was there to pick it up.
1: Yeah, and so, so Amish has been very good that they scored two fumble recovery touchdowns last week. That's kind of how their defense works. They aren't heavy on the picks. It's more kind of aggressive mindset of stripping the ball.
0: With all with all these things happening, you expect just a score to come right around the corner. It's Eli he throws a deep ball to the sideline. It's going to be caught there by Johnny. Is that? Yeah, that's Johnny number Sullivan. four senior Johnny Sullivan. Enough for the first down. A moon ball there from Fahey. It was all the way across the field. He threw it from the right to the left. And probably a 50-yard-plus pass through the air, it looked like. That was a a rocket from, from Eli, and he's shown off his well, arm. Well, Gabe, the, I hate
1: to tell you, but that was only a 13-yard oh, pass. I, they,
0: got to, it, they, they were second and 19. They got past the line of scrimmage, but I apologize there for getting everyone's hopes up. Third down and six because they went a long way to get past the, the orange line of scrimmage marker, but not quite. To the first down marker now. A third down and six is a huge play here for Fahey as he rolls out wide and passes it. It's caught there by Jack Durner, Number three on the reception. So Mr. There reliable. Go. Scott, I knew it. Don't don't question me, of course. I, I knew they would get a first down eventually. Not exactly sure what play on, but there we see. Jack Durner, a reliable target for Fahey. Of course, these guys, both juniors, go way back. Uh, they, they've been playing for a long time together. Uh, three middle schools, so... Just like a lot of these guys, they've got good chemistry, of course, and they're showing it here on this drive. Now, approaching six minutes left to go in this third quarter, Islanders still 0-0, but they're on the opponent's 37-yard line, as now Fahey evades a rusher, rolling out to his right, trying to throw it down on the sideline. Is it going to be caught? We're going to have to see what they call here. That was Jack Dernan on the sideline, but I believe it's going to be an incomplete pass there, so... He tried to fit it in a window there, but Derner unable to uh, make the snag, and that will bring up second down and 10.
1: How about that fake by Eli, though? Get his man jumping and just take his time and throw. I mean, I think that was the right play, though. Throw it kind of, I mean, give Jack Derner a chance, but solely Jack Derner a chance on the sideline before he takes a licking by one of these huge defensive tackles for Sammamish.
0: Fahey's sending Cole Drayton in motion now to the bottom of the field, and he's going to throw a quick little sidearm pass to Johnny Sullivan on his screen. They're going to try to get him more involved in this game, but he's going to get stood up there after practically no gain, so that'll bring up a third down and nine, and Scott, when we were talking with Jack Derner, uh, who uh, you'll hear his interview after the game, he said Eli plays with so much poise, he said that he's a fun guy um, on and off the off the field, but He's got that look in his eye sometimes, uh, and, and you expect to see it here on this third down and 10 now. A very important play for the Islanders. Fahey's going to be in the shotgun. He's got trips receivers down at the top of the screen. Johnny Sullivan alone there at the bottom, and now Fahey getting a, a great blocking there. He's going to throw for the end zone, a jump ball here. Does someone make a play? And it's tipped up and goes out of the back of the end zone. Incomplete there on third down and 10. So a deep shot there. It looks like... Uh, we saw Cole it almost Drayton looked like we just there. saw a
1: Hail Mary play. That's what it kind of <laughs> yeah, looked like.
0: Uh, with all these weapons on offense, we've seen that a couple times this year that Fahey just decides, let uh, let my guys make a play. That's what he said about uh, Cole Drayton. It's nice to know that he's got a security blanket like that. You can just throw it up, and hopefully he can, he can try to make a play on the ball.
1: And Gabe, if I'm not mistaken, Eli is still on the field for 4th and 10 at the Totem's. 38-yard 38. 38 line, give or take. Um,
0: I mean, this this is really the defining moment of the game so far. Yeah, fourth down and 10 now. He takes the low snap. He's going to look to fire. Goes on to the left sideline. Does he make a grab? No, it falls incomplete. In and out of the hands there. A huge hit by the Sammamish defender prevents uh, number 9, I believe, Samuel Gilchrist from making the catch. So now, the Totems will survive after their muffed punt, then a Holding penalty on the defense gave the Islanders some life, but still nothing doing for either side. And now the Totems here with Toa Crawford will try to make a difference and get the first points on the scoreboard.
1: You know the I'm my favorite thing about high school football teams go for it on fourth and ten at practically the fifty yard line. I think that's kind of
0: yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's for sure. special
1: to high school football. You don't really see that in any other
0: level. Crawford now as this night keeps on taking on the lights are shining as Crawford takes it inside the right-hand tackle on a quarterback keeper. But he's going to get stood up pretty quick there. So only a gain of, I would say, two yards there. Make it second down and eight for the totems.
1: And Gabe, you're right. The lights might be shining on the field, but they also might be shining on in his head after that tackle by <laughs> Will Kendrick kind of just bull rushing him
0: and, landing a perfect hit on Toa Crawford. So, four minutes and 30 seconds left to go in this third quarter. Second down and eight. Totems have it on their own 40-yard line. Th- four receivers out wide. I expect a blitz. And now, a huge blitz here as that pass goes quickly to lefu on a screen. He's going to get across the 50, across the 40. leafu has got speed, and he's going to get a touchdown for the Sammamish Totems. Wow. Wow. That was quick there, Leafu showing his speed. Got on the screenplay and uh, he took it the distance there, Scott. So wow, you didn't really expect a touchdown to come like that with how well these defenses ha- have been playing so far. It was kind of out of nowhere, and now the Sammamish Totems are up six to nothing on the Mercer Island Islanders with four minutes left to go in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, and after we see this field goal, it's going to be Eli's time to kind of answer the calling. Obviously, we saw last week he had a really good fourth quarter comeback drive to bring this ga- the game into overtime. Possibly we could see an overtime game here if Eli and the Islander offense can get things going.
0: So now, it looks like this is something that, Scott, like you were mentioning, we don't see a ton Higher levels of football, but here in high school, we've got Crawford staying on the field, going for two now in the pistol formation. A blitz here for the Islanders. It's going to be a run outside to running back Mataji. Does he get in? Leans forward and crosses the goal line to make it 8 to nothing Totems, and that puts even more pressure on Mercer Island. We saw them get eight points in the fourth quarter last week to tie the game up. They might have to do it again now. Four minutes and 12 seconds left to go in the third quarter, but... Uh, the Islanders, Scott, they've got to make a change quick if they want to get back in this game, but still a ton of time left, of course.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Eli can do. I mean, we when we've talked with him, he's talked about how uh, he thinks he really comes alive in the fourth quarter. That's kind of his time, and I think that's what we're going to see here with four twelve remaining in the third quarter. I think this is when you have to start utilizing your running backs out of the backfield, kind of building up that confidence again with slants just those short passes in the middle of the field and then start going to those deep shots because Gabe in my personal opinion I think we've seen a little bit too much of the deep shots we've seen maybe four or five I would like to call Hail Mary plays when they're really just sending the receivers deep and saying may the best man win
0: yeah there's been uh, really a back and forth game of defensive excellence for both of these teams but finally it's got a guess maybe you had to expect one big play would would be the first one to come because these defensive lines have been really dominating up front so the totems tried to go out wide there and it it paid off for them as now the kickoff here is received by number nine Samuel Gilchrist and he gets tackled right before crossing the 40-yard line actually of So they'll have it now with a flag on the field at around the 36-yard line, but we're going to have to wait and see if they get pushed back or move forward.
1: I would assume
0: it's going to be a block in the back. Yeah, the Islanders' offense is moving backwards. You see Fahey giving a look at the referee. Maybe he's not so happy, but the rest of this offense is going to be moving back as we see, yeah, the referee says there is a holding against the offense, and still first down and 10 for Mercer Allen Scott, and we can we can see that this team, out no of where they are on the field, they've got a chance to score. Truman Curry to the right of Eli Fahey. It's been a, uh, a two-headed monster, really, in the backfield with Truman Curry and Jack Rowe, Nathan Buchan taking on more of a wide receiver role this game.
1: Yeah, it's been a slow day at the office for the running back, so I think they need to pick it up on this
0: drive. Fahey taking the snap, Truman Curry blocking for him. He's going to look deep downfield once again. Does he have a man open this time? Cole Drayton had it, and he drops it. And after he keeps his head on the ground a little bit longer, maybe frustrated with himself, had the opportunity to catch the ball in the corner out, but a couple defenders surrounding him prevented him from doing so. So make it second and 10 now from the Islanders own 25 as this third quarter nearly comes to a close.
1: I think the interesting thing, though, Gabe, is that right away we see Eli airing it out. I think there's, I think the Islanders have kind of made their mindset on how this offense is going to work, and it's going to be those deep plays. They know this is an
0: offense kind of revolved around the big hitters. So Fehi once again dropping back an air-raid offense from much on this far. It's going to be a pass along the deep sideline. This time it is caught. Caught near midfield there for a 25-yard gain. Strutting as he goes back onto the field is Samuel Gilchrist. The star of the fourth quarter last came out a huge fourth down and 14 catch. Then he had the touchdown to allow the Islanders to send it into overtime. And he makes a huge play there. So, Scott, here we go. Some life for Mercer Island. First down and 10 right at the 50-yard line.
1: Yeah, and Eli quietly at 129 yards on the day, slowly building it up. And I think this is, I mean, we talked about it. This is where Eli's been the most effective is kind of after the defenses are tired, after a lot of these deep hitters, they kind of slowly start converting them, and that's how the Islanders have been able to stay in these games. Obviously, the biggest one that comes to mind is that Liberty won last weekend. And I think this is where, I think they go to Jack Derner within these next few plays. He's really been kind of the dynamic duo that has gone with Eli. He had two touchdowns last week, and I mean we interviewed him at the beginning of the season. He said, him and... Him and Eli share that special connection because of how m- much
0: they've worked together in the past. So the referee stopping the play here would struggle to think what the call is, and the play is going to stand, I would assume, but uh, they are having some discussions. Eli He decides, guys, we got some time, let's go in the huddle a little bit, talk it over, and now it looks like the players come back on the field. You hear the whistle blow there, and We've got Jack Derner moving out to the outside near the sideline. Nathan Buchan in the slot along with Cole Drayton to the right of Fahey. Truman Curry in the backfield. Now Fahey once again looking to fire and he's going to pass it to number one, Cole Drayton who goes forward, tries to get enough there for the first down marker but it's just first and ten so uh, he's going to get about a gain of four yards there or excuse me, about a gain of six yards there, make it. A uh, a second down and three, officially. So they'll call it a seven yard game. Every yard matters, kid. Yeah, you know, he definitely. Uh, when he caught that ball, it was a uh, it was a, a muscle battle, and and Cole Drayton just took on the secondary there. He's kind of a mismatch, like you see with a lot of tight tight ends uh, around the NFL and in college. Too big for the safeties, but too fast for the linebackers, and now. On that play, he uh, was looking to try to get a little bit uh, of extra speed there. He's going to jump early, so it's going to be a false start against Cole Drayton there. Make it second down and eight.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's been killing Mercer Island in this game. Really killing both teams. Obviously, Sammamish had that touchdown that got called back, and Mercer Island's had quite a few holdings and false starts this game. I think that's something that's going to be needed to be cleaned up. Before we head into next week. And even
0: into the fourth quarter. So make it second down and eight here now. Two minutes and 40 seconds left to go. In this third quarter. he has got time. He's going to roll it left. He's going to look to run. Scrambling. Darting left and right. And he's going to get across the 40 yard line. And finally tackled at the 37. And guess what? That's enough for a Mercer Island first down. So referee decides to move the chains forward. And uh, Scott. I said earlier before the game, Eli's got to have to make it happen on the ground uh, to get, give more time against these semi totems, give the Islanders receivers a little bit more time to make a play here. And he used those legs this time, but he decided that he was going to keep it himself.
1: Yeah, Eli now the leading rusher for the team, and we're seeing him have a healthy pocket back there.
0: Fahey takes hold of a low snap there, rolling out to his right. He's got a couple guys on him. He's trying to hold the ball, but there's four totems there to meet him. Way in the backfield, and they blow the whistle before Fahey loses the ball, but he's going to get tracked down all the way at his own 49-yard line. Also, they're going to give him some forward progress there. I guess it was the 46 of Sammamish there, so uh, that will, as this clock now winds under two minutes left to go in the third quarter, second down and... Second down and 17 for the Islanders. So Fahey's got a lot of work ahead. We'll see if they keep on allowing him to throw it through the air.
1: One bright side for the Islanders. They love the deep shots. This gives them a perfect
0: opportunity. Eli Fahey taking the snap now. Once again, he's got pressure. He's trying to get forward, escaping, going left and right behind the line of scrimmage. And he's finally met after only getting a gain of three yards there. And he was met strong there. The defender came with a full head of steam and... So now it's going to be third down and long for Mercer Island, third and 12.
1: Gabe, I want to ask you if the Islanders get about six yards here. So it makes it fourth and six, somewhere in that range of fourth and three to fourth and seven. Do you think
0: they go for it? I think they should absolutely go for it. Anything under fourth and 10 or less, not because they're in any sort of panic, not even close to that as we're still in the third quarter here with a minute left to go. But I just think position wise, you might as well, if you're on the 40 yard line, go for it, take a shot. But They can still get it here on this third down from the opponent's 41, third down and 12 as Fahey now takes the snap, looking to throw it on the deep sideline. It goes over the head of the wide receiver, and it falls incomplete, so bring up fourth down and 12. The pass was intended for Samuel Gilchrist there. We'll see if the Islanders stay on the field, and Fahey taking some signals from the offensive coordinator. He wants to stay on the field. We'll see what they decide.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest difference for the Islanders' offense this game is how much Eli's been pressured. Now the Islanders have given up three sacks. That's three more than they've given up the rest of the season, Gabe. And so I think that's really been that Sammamish has really been able to penetrate the holes and kind of find the weakness on the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have a weakness on the O-line, but be able to find the gaps, just yeah, yeah find the gaps, bring more people than there is blocking, and get to
0: Fahey. Now Fahey back to throw once again, rolling out right. Going to wind up, pump fake once. He's going to now roll out to his left, and there's defenders chasing him. He's going to keep on trying to run around, but gets sacked once again on 4th and twelve. So Samamish will take over on the 46-yard line of Mercer Island, still without any points on offense this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all respect there goes to the Totem's corners. They held their ground. It was man coverage. The Totems brought the blitz and were able to get to Eli once again. And you can see Eli on the field a little winded after that possession, after 20 total rushing yards. But when you factor in those sacks, I think he ran a lot
0: more yards than that kid. He's been running around a lot this game. For sure, give credit for the defensive line of Sammamish. And we talked to Derek Osmond this afternoon, and you heard in the interview during halftime that in his first ever start on varsity, Derek Gosman went against a guy that was, what, 6'6", 300 pounds, something crazy like that uh, in his first ever start. And he obviously is now used to playing against these elite defensive fronts, but Sammamish has really shown that they can get to the quarterback for sure, and they're now going to have it first down and 10 on the 46.
1: And I think that's been all part of the game plan. They run a 3-5-3 defense, which kind of allows them to bring a lot of pressure. I mean... You're either in. You're either man up, or you're you're at the QB. There's no one between. There's no one really in a zone coverage at the current moment.
0: All right. So now, the referee's still talking it over. Um, we're gonna see what's going on here. There's there's a lot of discussion as this third quarter now under a minute left to play. If you're just joining us here, on KMH Mercer Island, eighty-eight nine, the bridge. Sammamish Totem's currently up 8-0 on the Islanders. It's been a slow start in the first half, but they've got some drives going, the Islanders, and we're going to see if Eli Fahey can cook up some of that fourth-quarter magic that we saw last year. Gabe, week. I believe there was
1: another flag.
0: Oh, wow. This
1: time, uh, it, I believe that they still will keep the ball, the Totems, on offense, but now starting at their own 30 instead of the 50.
0: I'm going to assume with a first-and-25 that it had to be some sort of excessive celebration. celebration after the play. So after the sack, they got a little bit excited. Can't really blame them. That was a huge play for the Totems, but now they are backed up on their own 30-yard line. Oh, excuse me. First down and 10. Sorry for some damage. Even though it's a 15-yard penalty, they still have it first and 10. Now it's a quick screen out wide. The same play that the Totems scored a touchdown on, but this time the Islanders are there to defend it, and that is number Let's see who made the tackle there. Number, 50, Two. No, yeah, Sean number 52. Robinson. Sean Ronalds. 52. Sean Ronalds in there. One of the linebackers for this Islanders team was right there to make the stop. So make it a second down and eight. And now with that, we reach the end of the third quarter of action. The Sammamish Totems are up 8-0. But we've seen this story before. The Islanders can come back from behind. So stay tuned here on 88-9 The Bridge.
3: Hello, this is Jamison Dowdy on 88-9 The Bridge if you're looking for some new movies and tv shows to watch or just some general hollywood news you can check out my show jameson's show wednesdays at 6 p.m where i give movie reviews tv show reviews and general hollywood updates now back to the music hey islanders
1: i'm olivia and you're listening to 88.9 the bridge are you looking for new tv shows or movie recommendations if so, you should listen to me in Brooklyn every weekend discussing new movies, giving our opinions and ratings, and where you can watch them. Thanks for listening on 88.9 The Bridge.
0: Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Along with Scott Pirak, I'm Gabe Gossman here for this fourth quarter of action between the Sammamish Totems and the Mercer Island Islanders, currently Islanders down 8-0. to zero. No points on offense to show for this talented team of Mercer Island, but here in this fourth quarter, we know that anything can happen in high school football, so Scott, we're excited for it, aren't we?
1: Yeah, and I want to ask you, Gabe, how big of a change has it made, or do, how big of an effect do you think it has made that the Islanders are without Luke Shavey?
0: Well, I mean, we've seen it, even on the scoreboard, how big of an impact he can have. They really use him as a weapon, similar, even though he's a wide receiver to Christian McCaffrey, he can go anywhere on the field. He gets a lot of jet sweeps there. He's been such a great part of this offense for the past two years, and so um, he's going to be missed, of course, but they've got a lot of great guys to fill in for him as well. Now a handoff goes to Mataji, and... He's going to get it along the right-hand side, go outside the tackle, and t- take it for a gain of two yards there now as this fourth quarter starts.
1: Yeah, I think we've kind of seen holes start to open up just a little bit for Samamish. kind of starting to find the lane. I think that was most evident on the touchdown when, really, he had a straight shot to the end zone. It was kind of just, who is the faster man? Now, a third and five, the Islanders need to get a stop here, kind of... Bring the confidence back up after two rough drives and let Eli get back on the field and go to work.
0: Now approaching eleven minutes here in this fourth quarter, third down and five. A huge play. Cole Drain, the middle linebacker there, getting ready to blitz here and a quick shift in motion for this Samamish offense, and it's gonna be a toss out wide, and now here goes with a full head of steam. The running back, he's gonna get enough, it looks like for the first down there on third down and five. Uh, and the Sammamish Totems offense will stay on the field. That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, they had a chance there to make a play for sure, but it was just too much power from that Sammamish offense. We know how good Zeland Mataji can be, the senior running back. So that brings up, now we are under 11 minutes left as the Totems have it on the 42-yard line, uh, their own 42-yard line. So still 58 yards to go before pay dirt. To make it a two-possession game. This Islanders defense is stout. can it make another stop here as the snap is taken by Crawford. It's going to be a handoff down the middle. Bulldozing forward is Mitaji. And he's going to get stopped there at his own 47-yard line. So a gain of of five yards there on first down.
1: I think we're starting to see the totems kind of wear down. This Islanders defense starting to... Get or they're getting like five to eight yards of carry at this point that one was a five yard carry i think that's really what's gonna end up being the difference in this game is can the islanders regroup themselves and kind of make one last offensive push
0: here we go the sophomore crawford he's got a fullback now to his left hand side gonna be another play down the middle to mataji he's gonna be Darting forward across the 40, across the 30. He's a speedster. He's going to get across the 20, past the 10, and into the end zone. But flags were thrown in the backfield right away. So hold your horses. We're going to see what the call is here. Yeah, I mean,
1: um, maybe another lifesaver for the Islanders who now really, if this ends up being holding on the offense, which I think it may be, two really life-saving plays for the Islanders. Two presents. With two touchdowns being called back, and the Islanders are giving a second life.
0: So it's still going to be 8-0, and the Islanders uh, have uh, continued to uh, catch a few breaks here. We'll see what Sammamish will do now as they will have it most likely back on on their own side of the field. So it was a huge run there. Would have been good for 53 yards, but Mataji is, is denied his first Touchdown of the game. The lone touchdown comes on a huge screen pass to Leona Lifu, the wide receiver, and it's going to be a penalty against the offense. So there we go. Finally announced there, and but it was declined. Oh, it was, yeah, declined. And but another there was penalty. a second one. False start, which will that's the second time in a row. We've accepted. had, we've penalties had ba- two penalties on a touchdown play against the
2: except-
0: So. Now it's going to be second down and ten. So push them back to their own forty-three yard line. Toa Crawford in the pistol once again. He's got three receivers out wide. He's going to take the snap, do another quick screen pass, but right there to meet him in the backfield is Johnny Sullivan, number four, the wide receiver playing corner. There, we've seen that a couple times. Some offensive players playing both sides of the ball and. A great play there denying a second Fu screen touchdown and make it a third down and 12 now approaching nine minutes left to go in the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen him a lot because Nick Chitalis is inactive with an ankle injury this game. That's been the main reason why. So Garrett Rogan's really stepped into that cornerback one. And then kind of cornerback two has been who wants to play corner in a way. Um, I think that's kind of been a killer for the Islanders, but still...
0: Great play by Johnny Sullivan. Crawford taking the snap, rolling out right. Looks like it's a designed quarterback keeper. Instead, he's going to throw it. He had his head down originally, and it's going to go over the head of the wide receiver and incomplete there. So Ryan Dallas, they're pumping his fist, getting excited because that was a huge stop there, and now it'll bring up a fourth down and 13, and you would assume that the Samama Shonen's punting unit would come along here and give the ball right back to Mercer Island, and Scott, is this the time that their fortune changes and they can finally get in the end zone.
1: Well, Gabe, I would hope so, but this this totem's defense has been really strong today, and I think it's gonna it's gonna have to come on a big hitter. I think that's really the only way. The Islanders haven't found success on the ten to fifteen yard chunk plays. It's gonna have to be a one play that really breaks into a touchdown that it may end up having to be like a
0: forty yard touchdown, I think. The punter lining up on his own 27-yard line, takes a couple steps and clears it in the sky away to Chase Shavy, who takes a little hop after catching the ball at the 30-yard line, and, and that's where Eli Fahey comes back out on the field. Eight minutes, 33 seconds left to go in this fourth quarter of action. Islanders need a score and a two-point conversion to tie it up.
1: And the main question now is, I mean, this is what you live or die for. This is what everyone wants to see. Can you make a game time drive we saw it last week work the question is can they do it
0: again so Eli Fahey Jack Derner said he's got something about him in the fourth quarter especially he's just a leader maybe not so much a huge vocal leader but he leads by experience leads by action and he he leads by example showing that he can, he can make anything happen on the football field as he takes the shotgun snap, dropping back, looking to throw on the outside, and it goes just past the fingertips of number nine there, Samuel Gilchrist. So bring up second down and 10.
1: I think, I mean, the Islanders are going to have to take their deep shots. That's where they found the most success, really. Not just this game, but this whole season. I think that's kind of Eli's forte, if you want to call it, um... He's really good at reading defenses. I mean, in our interview with him, he said, it's going to be, can I diagnose what the cornerbacks are doing? And let's see if he can do
0: that here. Three receivers out wide. Up top for Fahey. Gilchrist down uh, underneath. And Fahey's going to look to go for Gilchrist. He's going to be caught by Samuel Gilchrist. Across the 30, down by the 20. Across the 10, inside the end zone. Oh, my. Did and I my. call it? Did Sam I call it? Gilchrist goes in for six but we're not done yet. The Islanders had a two-point conversion to tie this game up at eight apiece. Wow. Samuel Gilchrist strikes gold in the end zone. And with eight minutes and 17 seconds left to go in the game, we're back in business, baby. Oh, the Islanders You expected it to come on a deep shot, Scott. Business is booming. Business is booming for the Islanders. You knew it comes every game. He's just got too good of an arm throwing downfield, and he's got receivers out wide. I mean, that, that's wide. where
1: he's been the best. That's what we've said this whole broadcast is. We're waiting for that one play where Eli electrifies the stands. Samuel Gilchrist, three touchdowns in three games. Now the
0: two-point conversion to tie it up. Now lining up under center. Fakey moving his right leg to center man in motion. Now the run's going to go to Jack. Rowe. Run, Jack. Run. Barrels forward into the end zone. For the two-point conversion. Make it's it a row all. Rager today. That's what we're... Yeah. Wow, Jack Rowe. You know when he gets the ball in the red zone, his head is going straight down, and he is racing for, for two there on that play. Not for six. He already had a touchdown in the first game. But, Scott, we saw it in the Sammamish touchdown, too. It was just one play. It was kind of stagnant, and then a Sammamish uh, Leona Lufu touchdown uh, broke the game out. For 650 plus yards. And then right there. A huge score there. And now you kind of feel the momentum shifting for the Islanders. We belong for sure.
1: You know and that's kind of when by. The one thing that stayed consistent in my keys to the game. Has been the big hitters. Because that's what both these offenses are built on. Coming to this drive I said. It's not going to be the 10-15 yard chunk plays. It's going to be can he beat them over the top. Recognize the corners. see that, And there was a perfect safety blitz. And that's when Eli realized he had the one-on-one coverage. And that's when Samuel Gilchrist blew by his defender, said, I'll see you later. Peace, I'm in the end zone. Islanders are tied 8-8.
0: Game, we have a ball game on our hands. Sam the man for six. Jack attack for two there. So, uh, uh <laughs> the Islanders tie the game up at 8-all and, uh, now here to kick it off is Lumba. It's going to be across the thirty here for the Sammamish player, and gets across the thirty-five down at the thirty-seven yard line.
1: So, Gabe, after that Samwell strike, what what do you think happens here? I think I think I now think the momentum is in Mercer Island's favor, and at the time, I think this is when you have to trust your defense, let Cole go to work. Already has. A sack on the day, let Ryan Dallas, who has a sack in a half, let those two who are the linebackers really get to the quarterback, because that's where they found the most success so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This Islanders defensive front is an impenetrable force. It's really been uh, an an unmovable force versus a what do they what do they say? A immovable object, object versus a. Unstoppable force. That's what this has been between this offensive line and defensive line, really of both sides is now Crawford, the sophomore QB here in this fourth quarter. Sophomore versus junior. So two non seniors at quarterback here in this intense game. Friday night lights and Scott, this is what you live for, of course, as the run goes on an outside handoff to the left, but nowhere to go there. And uh it is stopped. After a quick gain there, but just a gain of one yard there. Make it second down and nine. Seven minutes and 50 seconds left to go in the game.
1: Ryan Dallas now. Six tackles. Three tackles for loss. A sack and a half. Difference maker in this game. Yeah, Ryan Dallas.
0: Ryan has Ryan been Ryan Dallas balling. doing the dirty work. Ryan's been balling for sure out there. And now we've got Crawford, the QB, here. He's going to look to take the snap now rolling out right he's gonna throw the ball this time he's gonna get the ball down outside and um he's gonna finally throw it it's gonna be caught on the sideline and charging forward for a couple extra yards is the receiver for Sammamish there so it's gonna be a first down and 10 at the 45 yard line of Mercer Island
1: yeah and I mean uh, Just a great design play by the Totems. And, I mean, that's what these teams have been doing. Just major chunk plays, those big hitters. That's, what, I mean, we've said it all day long, Gabe. It takes one play for these teams to strike. Or one
0: play for these teams to strike. Crawford now in the pistol once again. He's got Mataji behind him. The handoff does go... To number nine, Mataji he's going to bounce up, jump across the defender, across the 40, now down to the 30-yard line, but there is but a, flag a flag on the play. So we expect that to be the taken Islander's back. The Islander's best friend has now gone onto the field again. And the yellow flag is the 12th man for Mercer Island. Uh, limited attendance here at Sammamish really eliminates any real home field advantage. You can hear the whispers of the crowd, but um, there it's really been just mano a mano going at it. And the, it's been a great game thus far, of course. You have to give credit to both sides. Sammamish playing up against a bigger school has really uh, shown up here. And then the Islanders not phased by how... I mean, you know, yeah, how it, yeah,
1: obviously Sammamish is a smaller school, but keep in mind... they They've scored sixty three to six in forty three or fourteen. They're plus eighty six in point differential. Yeah, so
0: the Islanders were not afraid of them for sure going into it. We felt the confidence. Eli Fay said, Yeah, they've got a great team, but I mean you would have to think that they all believe they are a great team as well, rightfully so, and the the flag was against the totems, so after having on the opponent's forty five, now Samuish is backed up to their own forty five yard line. You can hear the the Islanders fans cheering there. Let's go, D. That's true. Defense is going to uh, hopefully be a huge factor for the Islanders. As Garrett Rogan backs off on the right-hand side, and Crawford's going to roll to the right now. Look way downfield. Slips as he throws it, and it's caught. Caught at the 30-yard line of Mercer Island, and it was a under-thrown ball, but Leona Leifu got back to the ball, and he catches it and gets across down to the 20-yard line of Mercer Island.
1: Yeah, and in a way, the Newport, or sorry, not Newport, Samaras really caught a break that it was underthrown because if that was not, it very easily could have been picked off by Nathan Buchan on that play, who was in the right spot. Just unfortunate that really the QB made an error that turned into a
0: perfect pass. So now, five minutes and 40 seconds left to go in the game. Scott, I would have to assume that the Islanders are looking for a turnover here to try and uh, shift the momentum quickly as this game um, approaches. I think they the need end.
1: some sort of tackle for loss, whether it's a sack or on the run play. They
0: need to get the momentum back. Crawford now on an outside handoff to Mataji. He's going to get inside in the middle of the offensive linemen, but he is stood up and goes nowhere there, so brings up second down and and eight so only again at two yards is now we're getting near five minutes left to go in the game
1: I think this is another bend don't break I think if they they give up three points that's fine because the Islanders have shown they have the ability to drive the whole field or at least get one big hitter to go down the field the main question is if Sammamish can find a way to get into the end zone as they're already inside the red zone will they go for two they did. They went for it the first time and succeeded. I don't see a. I don't see a reason why they don't do it again. Yeah,
0: put some pressure on Mercer Island for sure. No field goal is given, of course. No extra point either. Now the Islanders bring a blitz here on a straight-ahead handoff to Mataji. The right-hand side of the flag is thrown once again as flag on the... Play. the <laughs> there you go. The Totems <laughs> taking it across near the 10-yard line, but it looks like it's going to go against the offense there again. So Mercer Island... Can they just get them? Keep on pushing back because Scott, from a field goal from the twenty yard line, may be unachievable, especially in high school.
1: I think I think it's not the twenty. I think it's really, I would say like the thirty. Between the twenty-five and thirty is kind of the
0: yeah. But I would say still a twenty-yard field goal. It's 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 there's no guarantees to go to go in. It's there's definitely gonna be some controversy there if we get to that point. But the Islanders are backed up. Back at the 20-yard line, 21-yard line. So make it second down and 13. The clock keeps on ticking. Four minutes and 22 seconds left to go in this game. Samamas Chotem's eight. Mercer Island Islanders, eight. Two touchdowns and two-point conversions have led this game to come down to the wire.
1: Yeah, and I think now this is really going to come down to, as the fans are really getting into it. Um, the camera is shaking. Yeah, I, I think it's really going to come down to, Can they get that one big play? Crawford now
0: looking towards the back of the end zone, and it's going to be forced incomplete there. What a great defensive play there on second down and 13 by... Number 11, Garrett Rogan. None other than number 11, Garrett Rogan, and you would assume Nick Chitalis watching this game is proud of his partner in crime on the back end because he's been fantastic thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean, already deflected two passes, has one pick. Really, even though he's a little bit of a shorter corner, he's really lived up to the height of the task so far.
0: So, third down and 13 as we continue to move along in this fourth quarter. You can hear the fans getting into it. The stands are shaking. We've got... It looks like Mataji alone in the backfield, ready to take this direct snap as the handoff. He goes out to the right side. Now it's a trickery. Are we seeing a, a, a Philly specials And now... The running back is trying to throw the ball deep in the end zone. It is caught in the end zone. Unbelievable. From Sammamish. I
1: believe we just saw the Philly special in
0: high school, Gabe. Three laterals for Sammamish. Unbelievable. There may be a flag. There's a flag on the play, Is there
1: there one last Christmas present for the
0: Islanders? Oh, get some Mariah Carey on because this is going to be a Christmas miracle. (laughs) I mean... Three touchdowns I'm not quite sure how we got play. on Christmas, but I guess we're following it. Three touchdowns called back if this play is against the offense. Scott, that play call, I mean... That was an excellent I, I'm play sitting, call. I'm sitting here, I, I, I don't even... If I'm Mercer Island, I'm like, yeah, like they deserve that touchdown. There's no way you can defend something that absurd, that crazy, so many moving parts, three laterals in the backfield, and finally the running back throws it downfield. Wide open man in the end zone, but... It looked like it was Mataji, who was the actual quarterback at the start of that play, but he ended up finding his way, navigating to the end zone. And, and now we're waiting. It looks like it may be an illegal man down the field. field. Oh, that's... Oh! Decline,
1: which means there's one more. What is happening? What are the odds of three illegal straight... Illegal formation. I think they they didn't make the tackle eligible on the
0: play. So, three straight... Touchdowns. T- touchdowns taken back. That have two flags with on two the penalties. play. two penalties. So... Okay, if I'm gonna be real here for Mercer Island, there's no question why they're giving up these these touchdowns because the Smarmish Totems are just doing everything they can. <laughs> they're not they're ignoring the rules of football. So third down and 18 now. Scott, we talked about that line to gain for a uh, for a, a possible field goal and. The crowd is going wild here. You can hear them stomping the mercy. I believe it's fourth down too. Fourth down and 18. So a loss of down as well. And now there's a blitz coming against Crawford. He's escaping, spinning around. One Going to chuck it up in the end zone. Is someone there for it? Oh, it's caught in the end zone on a Hail Mary. With three minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the game. I don't believe it. Crawford off of his back foot. Had to just chuck it up to the end zone. And somehow miraculously... A totem came down with it. I couldn't even believe. I
1: believe it got. I believe it got tipped between two Islanders defender and a totem receiver, and went perfectly into the hands. A very unfortunate play. But now the question is, what do the totems decide to do? Do they
0: put them? Yeah. They, do they
1: put down all their chips and go for it, or do they kick the field goal?
0: They're they're gonna check here and just. Do a little bit of a uh, extra point to make the game 15-8. to eight. You caught on. Well done. <laughs> so we're going to see if the Islanders, on the other hand, if they can strike back, whether they go for the win like they did last time in overtime as the extra point is up and through. So make it 15-8. to eight. Unbelievable, Scott, that Hail Mary, literally on 4th and 18 for the totems, goes flying through the night sky down and somehow... So the totem offensive players did a prayer, and they they it got answered because they make the catch and make it fifteen to eight for some Amish,
1: yeah, and I mean that's that's just a killer I mean Cole cold almost had the sack the Crawford barely got away, kind of just hooked it up as you said, back foot, and then for it to be off a tip too, I don't think there's really any more lucky playing football that you
0: can get. Alright, so, we've seen the Islanders down by a touchdown before and late in the game. But this time around, they're only down 7. So, a touchdown and an extra point would tie the game up at 15. And we know what Eli Fagan and this squad can do. They've shown that they can make that big play. And Scott, do you think they kind of try to establish a long drive here to maybe waste the rest of this clock to try to get six, or do you think that they have to go I, I right think away? That,
1: I think they got to go right away. And They've been the most efficient when they've gone up-tempo, and they've really just kind of put it on the line and taken the deep shots. That's how they scored their touchdown last possession. I think they stick with that mono. It's been their motto since day one of the season.
0: So here go the Sammamish Totems lining up for this kick. Balls placed the 40-yard line of Sammamish. And it's going to be a huge kick deep downfield. It's going to be received at their own 10. That is Samuel Gilchrist getting across the 20, across the 30. He's got running room on the right-hand side. Samuel Gilchrist across the 40. Now getting near midfield. He's still going, running past the 30. Samuel Gilchrist, no way. He's in the end zone. Samuel Gilchrist. Oh, give me, oh, give me my. a break. Oh, my, am I. Samuel Gilchrist. Times two. Let's go. Go, oh my goodness. I can't even believe what I'm seeing with my own eyes. Is this real life? On the opening kickoff after the Sammamish Totems throw up, a prayer to take the lead, Samuel Gilchrist comes right back. Gabe, you and I said this,
1: this team is built on chunk plays. Two straight possessions.
0: Samuel Gilchrist called the house number. We couldn't even see the play happening. The, the fans were shaking so much, you couldn't even now see the, the, the cameras. Now the question is,
1: Eli Fahey looks like he is still on the field. We see Jack Turner check in. We see Johnny Sullivan check in. Here we go. And, and check in with Truman Curry in the backfield.
0: Could this be the play of the game? So we've got Eli Fahey now under center. Can they get their second straight two-point conversion? Fahey looking to do a, ha- a fake handoff now, rolling out to his left-hand side. Does he have a man open? Can throw to the back of the end zone. It's tipped up, and it's incomplete. So the Islanders come up empty on the two-pointer, making it 15-14. to Mamish still leads it because of that extra point. Three minutes and 14 seconds left to go in the it game. It almost
1: looked like Eli could have ran it in. But Gabe, I just want... I mean, what do you think of that play call? I think that I think I would have kicked it there. I mean,
0: I... That's a, that's a hard one. You think if they had got it, then we're calling them geniuses for going for it. You really just uh, unfortunate that they couldn't make a play there. I thought they might have run it originally to try to... Uh, like they did with Jack Rowe on that last possession. But this time around, uh, they find themselves down one point again because of a missed two-point conversion. The game is not over. Still three minutes left in this game. Can the Islanders make a comeback?
1: Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, a very unfortunate series of events. So, Islanders are now down 15-14. to 14. Can this defense make a game-changing play? We've already seen them get to Crawford quite a few times.
0: So the Islanders getting ready to kick off Samir Lumba there um, for Mercer Island. They're down 15-14. to 14. They're going to need to get a quick stop, maybe force a turnover and get the ball back and score. This game is still hanging in the balance on this Friday night. The penultimate game for this crazy year for Mercer Island is their third game of the season. They're one and one so far. They're trying to get a winning record as Lumba's kick is a little bit of a squib now across the 20 yard line, picked up by a Sammamish player and gets across the 40 down at the 45.
1: I think this, this has to be a three now with 3.11 remaining. You don't want to use all your time. I think they won't use their timeouts, at least the two minute warning. But I think. I mean, maybe one first down most, but I think if Sammamish can find a way to get two first downs, this game's all but over.
0: So Samuel Gilchrist, that score on the kick return has to be huge because it gave the Islanders a lot of time left to make a stop here, and now we see for uh, a important, huge possession to a cra- to a Crawford now, a handoff to Mataji on the right-hand side, he's going to... Jolt across the 50-yard line, so getting near the first down marker make it probably a second down and three. I believe there may have been a flag in the backfield. Can the Islanders catch another break? The referees have played a huge role this game. No question about it. There's been a lot of flags on the play, and wow, the first totems are moving back. The totems are moving back, Scott, and it's going to be holding against the offense there, so maybe it's with the The running style for samaras They do a lot of outside zone plays And maybe that comes back to bite them sometimes With the holding calls
1: Yeah I mean Hard to seal the edge When you're against Derek Osmond and Cam Johnson Sean Ronaldson All three huge playmakers Gonna have to hold them every once in a while Otherwise it's very likely to be a strip ball
0: So Crawford's got his guys back out there For first down and 20 this time As the clock is still running Two minutes, 50 seconds left to go in the game. You're going to hear the fans stomping their feet as Crawford takes it. a quick little screen pass to Leifu where he scored the touchdown, but this time he stopped immediately there. So, second down, and I think they're going to keep it. at Maybe second down and 20. Maybe he got a few yards there, but he had nowhere to go, and it's been a great uh, second half for this Mercer Island defensive uh, Secondary because they've been able to shut down those screen passes.
1: Gabe this very well could end up coming down to what the Islanders love running the most the Hail Mary Oh, They yeah. can get a stop. We know Eli has the arm to throw a 40 yard, maybe 45 yard Hail Mary
0: Well, we're gonna see because the clock is winding down under two minutes second to 19 you'd think the Islanders Can get another shot here their defense just holds strong Crawford sending a man in motion, taking this out. It's going to be a handoff to the left-hand side, Mataji. And he's going to just kind of fall forward for a gain of a couple of yards. And
1: and the Islanders smartly take a timeout to, with 145 remaining on the clock. And I believe that's their first timeout. So they actually will have one to use on offense too.
0: So we're going to see here on this third and 17, Scott, do you think the uh – the totems just keep it on the ground and, and just try to to keep on running the clock down. Maybe waste another timeout? Or do you think that the the totems try to pass the ball, maybe even end this game on third and 17?
1: I think you run the ball. They've already, we, we've already seen them break off some huge runs. Obviously the first one that comes to mind is that touchdown run that got called back. It was a near 60 yard run. So I think that, I think they know that they have the ability at, with coming into this game, averaging 220 rushing yards. I mean, overall, I think the thing to realize is that this Totem's team had scored above 40 points in every game they had played so far before this. They're now currently at 15 points, and you could argue they should really be at 8 because they got a lucky touchdown. Um, And so, Islanders' defense has been strong. I would expect a run, so that way the Islanders have to use their second or third in final 10-out. We're not quite sure how many they have left.
0: I mean, Scott, just... Thinking about those three touchdowns that have been scored thus far, it's been a, a screen pass 50-plus yards, a a huge Hail Mary from Sammamish on the Mercer Island side, a kickoff return, and then a, a deep bomb from Fahey. He flinged it to Samuel Gilchrist down, and he ran at the end zone. So it's been four huge plays. Are we going to see one more big one that could close this game out for either side? The totems now, third and 17. It's going to be a fake handoff. Crawford rolling out to his left. He's going to try to keep it on the run, but he's going to get stopped behind the backfield. Great play there from the Mercer Island front. Makes it fourth down, a minute and 33 left to go here.
1: Gabe, the Islanders have a chance to redeem themselves from what happened just six days ago on March 20th. They look to make Maybe one of the best comebacks we've seen this Islander team make. They're built for this. The question is, can they do it?
0: Yeah, what do you think? The, the Islanders have treated us to back-to-back incredible games coming down to the last second, and no difference here because Mercer Island, I think, Scott, they, they've they got the talent on offense to make a big play. I think that's what they're going to need. I think they're going to need six here uh, just to really put the pressure on Amish. If they can score quick, That would obviously it's it's a tall task, but I think Eli's got the arm. I think they're gonna try to throw it
1: downfield. For our fans at home, it is fourth and twenty. There is no worry about a fake or any sort of. I hope they fake it. (laughs) uh, If they fake it, then I I think we would all be surprised. But Gabe, I know my heart's racing. I want to know: Do you prefer games like this, or do you prefer blowouts?
0: You know, sometimes it's nice just to chill out, uh, watch the offense work. But you gotta love this. I'm sure the players love it too. It's great experience, especially for these juniors who are going to be playing next year and now the kick is going to be taken by the Sammamish punter and it's going to be a deep ball and it's going to roll, drop of the 30 yard line, Shavey runs away from it and it gets down to the 20, so a minute and 25 left for Mercer Island to try and make this comeback, you can see Spencer Kornblum, the holder, practicing with Samir Lumba on the sideline trying to get their chemistry going and and we're going to see here if the Islanders can even get in field goal range to give Lumba a chance it would be his first field goal attempt of the night
1: yeah I mean I, I think first it's going to have to come to Eli Fahey really being poised in the pocket and creating some magic back there and we've seen we've seen him do it already and so I think that's really going to be
0: my last key to the game the fans are going nuts here for both sides. Seems like no one can can keep still. the The stands are shaking. Of course, just building on this intensity, it's something that really you can only see in high school football. Just back and forth, fifteen to fourteen. If you're just joining us here on eighty-eight nine, the Sammamish Totems lead the Mercer Island Islanders. It's been a back and forth game. A missed two point conversion for Mercer Island. They tried to take the lead to go up sixteen fifteen, but now. They have the ball, and um, they're going to try to go for one last effort here with just over a minute left to go. We saw on the sideline, like I said, uh, some practice from three guys here from Western Island, key components if we're going to see a field goal attempt by Lumba. It's number uh, number 40, Callum Nihar, who is, um, I believe, a sophomore on the team, and then Spencer Kornblum, a freshman, and also... The kicker, of course, Samir Lumba. But it all starts with what Eli Faye can do to get them in field goal range. I don't think Lumba can kick from his own 20, so they're going to need some plays here as Faye steps in the pocket. He's going to look to run, trying to get away from a defender, but getting him by the edge of his jersey down is a Sammamish D lineman. So they got to go quick here. With a m- less than really a minute remaining. Just a gain of one yard for Faye before he is stopped. And With 59 seconds left to go in this game, Fahey's going to need to lead his team to make some actions quick. He's dropping back to pass. He's rolling out to his left. He's going to try to run it again. He gets tripped up, but keeps going with the legs, and he's going to get out of bounds across the 35-yard line. So Fahey, great play there, keeping his balance now with 42 seconds left to go in this game.
1: And they're still about... I would say 55 yards out of field range. So a long ways to go. They're going to have to find. I think it's going to come down to Samuel Gilchrist or Johnny Sullivan. One of those two. Jack Turner's a great receiver, but he's not the biggest receiver the Islanders have. I think they're going to have to go to those two receivers that are really kind of on the bigger
0: side and can win those press coverage situations. Fahey now dropping back to pass. He's going to look to fire. Going to wind up, throw deep downfield. Does he have a man open? It goes incomplete. for Jack Durner, but there's a flag on the play. Forget what I said. The second Throwing time in to Durner. Durner, the burner gets the pass interference called against him. Dangerous Durner. Dangerous Durner the burner. And it's going to be it could be a huge play here. It depends on the referees say because uh, it was a flag against Durner. Three guys were there, but they couldn't. Well, flag for Durner. Let's make sure that's clear. A flag. It was a penalty by the Totems that uh, was inflicted on Derner, and uh, we're gonna see. So, I
1: believe in high school football, if I'm correct, it is not at the actual spot, they just get 15 yards. So, it won't be at the totems 33 or wherever it was.
0: So, we're gonna see where the referees spot it. The referee's walking up to the 49 yard line of Sammamish. 33 so, seconds 33 seconds on the clock, first and 10, Mercer Island has it down by one point. And we're also
1: unsure if the Islanders have a timeout, so it may end up coming into a clock-it situation.
0: Fahey standing up tall here with 33 seconds, taking the low snap, dropping back to pass. Eli Fahey running around, trying to throw it on the outside. It's caught! Caught by a Mershaw Island receiver, and going out of bounds is number four there. Or excuse me, number one, Cole Drayton there, the tight end. Eli Fahey is a flamethrower. He throws it on the sideline there, and... Talk about that cross-body throw. Absolutely. What a great pass there from the junior QB. And we've got a timeout here. I believe that would be for Sammamish. So, yes, timeout here. 24 seconds on the clock, Scott. Right now, they're at the 32-yard line. So, not in field goal range quite yet. Do you think they try to take a couple end zone shots and try to end the game that way? Or do you think they keep on inching closer?
1: Well, I think the hard part is we aren't quite sure if they have their third timeout or not. Um I think if they if they don't, then I think you got to start taking those sideline shots slash deep shots and kind of going for the end zone, realizing that it's going to be kind of hard to clock it. In that case, 24 seconds left. And assuming they complete it, they really only have about three plays left. If they have a timeout, that's when I think you can utilize the middle of the field. Look for Johnny Sullivan on an in route, something around there. Let him go to work one-on-one. Because... Sammamish is bringing pressure every play that's what they're known for they like to sack the quarterback force fumbles so it's gonna all come up to Eli and if he can read these defenses correctly with the safeties
0: playing off Samir Lumba clapping on the sideline getting his team ready to try to get some yards for him to get into field goal range now Eli Fahey trying to get around a couple defenders he's gonna dart forward across the line of scrimmage and getting down at the 25 yard line but the Marshall Players need to go quick. or uh, uh,
1: there is a flag, and that's going to be huge. Because if it's holding, that will push them back 10 yards and completely out of field goal range. It is. We're waiting for the referee's signal here. It could have also been in the coverage.
0: We're going to see 17 seconds now on the clock. It's it's going to be um, it's going to be really huge to see what this call is. The referees are discussing for a long time, which could mean it's it's something controversial, not something so or multiple penalties. We've seen that a couple times this game. Eli he getting his crew together, trying to explain some stuff, trying to get this team going, and boy, this is just the epitome of just stress, excitement. Intensity all in one here. And we're going to get the flag here. It's going Personal to be...
2: Sideline. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Oh! Wow. Unsportsmanlike conduct against
1: the Sammamish sideline. Unbelievable. Mercer Island. I, I wonder what... Get- gotten what gotten th- I I just want to know, Gabe. Do you think it's just by word exchange or what
0: is it that makes that happen? I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't, I think, think, they got, I don't maybe think they I've got on ever the field. seen that. Maybe they yeah. said something. I'm not sure, but the Islanders will take it because that pushes them inside the 15 yard line. I think in this case, if they
1: have a timeout, I think you run the ball, get a few more yards and then let Samir Lumba.
0: Also the sock who plays soccer, go to work. Fahey in the shotgun. Now looking to pass this time. He's going to step up field. Now pass it to the near sideline. Getting across and out of bounds
2: is complete.
0: around the 10. So give Samir Lumba a little bit closer, inching him closer for Nine this field goal. And there's the still 10 game. seconds left, Scott. I would go for the end zone here. You would think they're well, in- the
1: qu- Well, the p- problem is we don't know if they have a timeout. I think that really decides the fate I'm going to. I, I
0: mean, would more- say you go for the end zone no matter what. Really? Because it, I think 10 yards. What's the difference between Second 10 yards down. and 8 yards? I think you got to go for the end zone, and see if you can get 6 here. Island. As now we have Nine Jack Rowe to the left me, of Fahey. I mean, we will see here. I think with Jack Rowe in, he is the more power back. So I think there is a chance for a run. Fahey taking the snap. Faking the handoff. Jack Rowe's going to block. Instead. Now it's going to be a pass towards the end zone. And the ball is deflected. So six seconds left now. Left in this game, the Islanders. If you're just joining us here, welcome. Because the Islanders are down 15-14. to 14 With five seconds left to go in the game. And here comes the field goal unit on Samir Lumba's first kick
1: since he missed the PAT against Liberty. Can he redeem himself and send the Islanders to
0: victory? The Islanders' fate lies on the leg of Lumba, and it's going to be a timeout. Scott, am I? A timeout Mercer Island. I'm confused why
1: they would use their timeout now. I would have thought they would have ran a play then called a timeout. But we have seen them do this before as we see Eli Fahey enter back into the coach's huddle, but we don't know if that means they will go for it or not. I mean, I mean, six seconds, do you think one quick slant route? I, I don't think so because I feel like they would have not used their timeout. I mean, now the problem is, it, let's say they go back on the field Eli gets sacked or throws the ball, goes down at the two yard line. The player doesn't get in. The Islanders are officially out of timeouts now. We know that for a fact. So I think you have to send Samir Lumba back out there. Oh, here he is again.
2: Five seconds to
0: play. Lumba's leg is what's going to either send the Islanders to a two and one record or make them fall to a one and two record. Here we go. Lumba now getting ready for the kick. Corn Bloom, the holder. The snap is high. The snap is down. The kick is up. The kick is good. A Mercer Island miracle with zero seconds left on the game clock. And Samir and Lumba, on the clock. Samir the savior, sends the, end the end Islanders the home with a victory. Samir! Come on, Samir Lumba, unbelievable way to end the game, a 28-yarder.
1: But talk about, I mean, just think it's Samir's head. He's got the clutch gene. Thank you. They went for it instead of giving him the kick to tie the game at 15. 28-yard field goal to put the Islanders at 2-1. And And what we could end up seeing as their first winning record
0: in six years. Scott, the story of Samir Lumba is a fascinating one. A lot of the players didn't even know who the kicker was going into the first game. He steps on for the extra point in the first game. He drills it in his first ever extra point, And the players said, oh, okay, this is our kicker now. And little do they know, just two weeks later, he would deliver them a absolutely crucial victory for their confidence. They know they can win close games now. And Scott... I know it wasn't a touchdown, but I got to give them one. Oh, my, am I on the field goal for Samir Times Zimba. three. Wow. 17-15 is your final score. The team's congratulating each other on the sidelines. Scott, just unbelievable heart for the Islanders. We saw what they did last week. We knew this was in them. And we talked to Eli and Jack and, and even Derek, and they all said, what did that game mean for us? When they lost to Liberty last week, that meant that that they know they can play in close games now. It gave them, a, Jack Turner said it was a much needed loss, something that they can take and they know that they are are part of close games. And this time they squeak out a victory. Samir Lumba there for Mercer Island, and it, it was absolutely unbelievable. A kickoff return by Samuel Gilchrist and. That really allowed the Mercer Island Islanders to get back in the game, but a missed two-point conversion on a pass attempt, falling complete. Islanders were down one, but they come back down the field. An unsportsmanlike penalty on the sideline of which was really the play that, that gave the Islanders the win because Samir Lumba then stepped up to the plate and knocked it through the uprights, and the Islanders go home with a victory.
1: Yeah, and talk about the story of Eli, a quarterback who came into the season and Gabe, you and I, if we're being honest, really had no clue what to expect. We didn't know if we were going to see a run-heavy offense or this kid could ball. And I'll tell you, this kid can ball. Eli, through three games, has shown grit. We've seen, and I, last game we saw him almost get that game-winning drive. We saw it today. He has his first one under his belt. And I think, I think that's the perfect ending
0: to an interesting week in Islander football. Wow, Scott, give me your player of the game for the Islanders. There's a couple of guys that come to the top of my head, for sure. Starting on the defensive side, Garrett Rogan with an interception, some great defensive plays. Ryan Dallas was a beast all over the field. Then you got on the offensive side, Eli Fahey, of course. We're used to it at this point. This is no surprise. Same with Samuel Gilchrist. He had two touchdowns this game, one coming on a kickoff. And now that he has was, four touchdowns that on was the huge. season. And... And the kicker. I'm taking it, Scott. Nope, you can't have it. Samir Lumba, my player of the game. One kick all day, but if he didn't step up and and come up huge for the Islanders, they're, they're walking away with frowns on their faces, but instead, jubilation for this Mercer Island team. And Scott, you can't take Lumba anymore, but who's your player of the game?
1: Well, now that I can't take Samir Lumba, I'm going to go with... I think I have to go with Samuel Gilchrist. Obviously, being his defender on that first play and then, I mean, make being maybe the difference maker on that return, I'm going to have to go with Eli Fahey.
0: All right, so, Scott, it was a very, very exciting matchup. And next week, the Islanders will face the Newport Knights for the second time this year. And they've already beat them 16-3 to handily. So that 2-1 and record... Hopefully, we'll move to 3-1, and and we'll see a winning season for the Islanders as they progress uh, into next year.
1: Yeah, that game will be at home at 7 p.m., also broadcasting on nine The Bridge. Thank you for listening to Islander football only on nine The Bridge. Now listen to star quarterback Eli Fahey. Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Pirak, joined by Gabe Gottesman from nine The Bridge. Today, we are joined by star junior quarterback for the Mercer Island Islanders, Eli Fahey. Through two games, Eli has shown himself to be a true QB1 for the Islanders offense. Last Saturday versus the Liberty Patriots, Eli was a human highlight reel, starting for 212 yards and three touchdown passes, including a strike in overtime to receiver Jack Turner. In that game, the Islanders fell to the Patriots 21-20, but Eli and the Islanders looked to bounce back and carry their momentum from the fourth quarter March, this Friday at 7 o'clock, when they take on the Sammamish Totems, which you can listen to on 80 and 9 The Bridge. Thank you for joining us, Eli. Thanks for having me. Our first question for you today is, although the game was six days ago, and now you're on a fresh week, can you take us through your head on that final drive in the fourth quarter and your overtime touchdown?
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, we were having a a slow second half on offense um, the whole game. Defense had to defense was doing their thing you know keeping us in it and so we went in on that last drive and we knew just like you know there's no other option but for us to you know drive down and score like if we don't score here we lose the game so it's just like a do or die moment so we we had to get it done and then over time you know it's the same mentality you know we went into it with the momentum um you know we didn't get the results we wanted to but you know super pumped to get that touchdown on the first play
1: and I and we have to ask, I think Gabe and I's favorite play of the game, the two-point conversion. We won't go into the name of the play because that's still a secret. But was that a play, was that a play specifically designed for that case of scenario? Or is that kind of just that's the play that you wanted to
3: run? Um that play was um kind of I I was excited to run it. Um obviously it didn't turn out how we wanted to, but it's um it's kind of a trust play to our receivers. Um you know we it kind of broke down and I, I had to scramble a little bit on it but um you know I, I I still enjoyed the thrill of it it was it was a fun play to run
0: and that that two-point conversion to tie the game up we talked to um, your coordinator uh, coordinator McKenna and he said it was the play that the uh, the Buccaneers ran in the Super Bowl which I thought was pretty cool that you guys are taking yeah. the NFL too so speaking of the NFL before the season started we asked you who your QB comp was and you said Kyler Murray and I think Scott and I have both definitely um, uh, agreed with that choice. But do you think through two games, as you've kind of um, had, first of all, this amazing offensive line that you've kind of been able to sit in the pocket more, would you stay with that answer because you're obviously able to run around a lot or would you maybe go with a different QB or how do you think you've kind of um, maybe changed your um, comparison? Um, I'd say, I don't know. That's a, that's a good one.
3: Um, I'd say... I like comparing myself to Kyler Murray, but with just with this, you know, just with our good old lines, just good old line, you know, I'm not having to run around as much as Kyler does. So um, I don't know, maybe, this that's a hard one. Maybe Josh Allen with not quite the arm strength, but uh, I'm not sure that's, that's a hard one to answer.
1: That's a clever one. I'll tell you that Jack Derner, who we had previously interviewed, changed his from Julian Edelman to UW John Ross. Not Ben.
3: Oh, oh my gosh.
1: Um, so obviously, as you said, last Saturday's game didn't have the end result you guys wanted, but what positives did you take away from that game? And especially that drive with one minute left and gave a nice favorite player of the game, the two point conversion to tie the game.
3: Yeah, um, positives. We, I mean, we know, we know we can do it. You know, we know we can score on every drive. We just need to have that mentality that we can. Um, because sometimes we go out and we're not as pumped or hyped for one drive as we are for a later drive. So I think we have to go out with the same intensity every time. And, you know, I think that's a good takeaway and a positive takeaway from that last drive is we went out with that intensity and
0: we scored off of it. Eli, last week, or I guess two weeks ago, you had your first game and it was obviously a lot of excitement, but this was your first game last Saturday where you actually had home fans. And there was actually a good amount of people there. Uh, We could definitely throw in the press box uh, they were getting pretty loud. How was it to have home fans uh, for the first time? Did, did it really sink in? How exciting it is that now you're the quarterback on on the football team?
3: Yeah, I didn't think it would really uh, affect me um, as much. Like I said in um, the interview before the season, I didn't really think it would um, be much of a difference. But then, you know, I got there, and I started to feel a little bit more nerves when I when I started hearing and seeing the crowd. Um but you know it was it was awesome having them there. My first my first home game with a with an actual crowd. It was it was it was super exciting.
1: So you've talked about how efficient your offense has been. You haven't thrown a pick this year, and you have three touch or four touchdowns now on the season. On the flip side, Sammamish has only surrendered twenty points through two games this season. They're two and zero heading in to tonight's matchup. What are you guys going to try and emphasize in today's game?
3: Yeah, they're, um, they're looking strong. They're looking like a good team, you know, trying to, uh, break that, you know, add, add on a little, little bit of points to their, uh, to their good defense. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta, they're definitely got a good defense. We're gonna have to go down and drive and score. Like I said earlier, keep that intensity. Um, I think if we have that intensity throughout the game, we'll be able to score some points.
1: Do they? Do you know? Do they run anything special? Obviously, like we know, Mercer Island has what you guys like to call the dogs. Is there anything you're really looking at and go? That's where I'm attacking this defense.
3: Um, oof, I'd like to say their corners, um, just because the way they play is will be will be kind of fun to match up against. Um, they've they've got some good uh, linebackers though, and good good D line all around, good defense. But I'm excited to attack their corners and safeties a little bit more.
0: All right, so we're excited to see more of that air rate offense. We've already seen a lot of it. It's been exciting to watch, of course. So through only two games, where do you think you've progressed the most as a quarterback? Because like you mentioned, uh, you've had a great offensive line to sit behind. Do you think you've uh, progressed most in maybe your deep throws, or where do you think uh, you've had the most success in terms of improvement this year?
3: Yeah, um, I think I've improved a lot on, um, I'd say probably patience within like the pocket. Um you know the start of the game or or the first game of the season i i went out and i had a lot more than i ever did in in jv jv had snapped the ball and just like run run one, one way um so i definitely say throughout these two games i've i've gotten new experience and gotten better at you know um like you know being patient inside the pocket and making the throws when i delivering the throws when i have to so i'd probably say patience
1: um So next, you kind of talked about how on that one drive, you guys were kind of low on energy. Can you describe that atmosphere of your guys' practices and how does the energy from practice
3: translate to your games in the sideline involvement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I'd say, you know, we're always super pumped in practice. We we look at our opponent every week and we, you know, we go and we have the mentality that we can win every week. Um, and so with that mentality, you know, comes excitement and comes energy um, on the sideline and on the field. So I'd say just, you know, the energy that all the guys have, you know, whether someone's playing, someone's not playing good game or bad game, every every player on the team is super pumped to be there and just be able to play. So I'd say, you know, our energy overall is just amazing.
1: And Eli, to wrap it up, it's not an interview with Gabe and I if we don't ask a somewhat funny question. We want to know the first game, You, the, your first touchdown pass. It looked like Derek Osmond kind of threw you in the air. You did a fifth. <laughs> pump. Now we want to know the next touchdown pass. What touchdown celebration can we see? Gabe and I are suggesting the beanbag race, possibly the autograph ball. Just
0: <laughs> Jack, Jack Derner. We talked to him yesterday. He said that um, he was going to do some sort of dance with Jack Rowe. I think I think they're going to pull. It <laughs> it. So, <laughs> we're wondering what we can get from you.
3: Um, Oh, what are you gonna get from me? Um, I'll, I'll try. I'll definitely try and deliver some sort of celebration. Our coaches, <laughs> I've kind of uh gotten on us a little bit about our uh, celebrations this year, um, especially with wall spinning the ball on that on that touchdown and Turner getting a fifteen yard penalty on that fifty yard throw in the first game. But um, I'll try and deliver. I'll try and deliver the beam I'm, I don't know what the beanbag race is. <laughs> I've never heard that one.
0: The Chiefs what is that? The Chiefs did a couple years ago. You you pretend you're in a, the beanbag race, and you, like, hop along.
3: Oh, my God. Hop over to the sideline. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll do that one with Derek. We'll, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, we'll look for
1: them, Eli. And make sure to tune in to 88.9 The Bridge for Mercer Island First Samish tonight, March 26th at 7 p.m. And, Eli, we can't wait to see you be a difference maker against the totems.
3: Thank you, scooters. KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge.